are listening to the MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 24 of the MX Vice Show. We're deep into the off-season, and amazingly, Lewis is still with us and seems mentally stable. I'm James Burford of MX Vice, and in the studio with me is MX Vice editor Lewis Phillips. What's up? And alongside us, as always, is Rob from Jukebox Beats, who continues to make us sound better than we actually are. Today's show is brought to you by Talon, Yoko, Liap, Hinson, KYB, and a new website, evenstrokes.com. So thanks, guys, for all your support. And um, new adverts will be on the show next week. Without those guys, obviously, we won't be doing this. So thank you very much. Lewis, Yep. good week? Uh, yeah, it's been all right. You? Yeah, I mean, you seem quite perky, like quite happy. I'm, I'm a little bit thrown off because the last couple of weeks you've been quite aggressive towards me. And today you seem quite happy. Well, I don't know why I would seem happy. Nothing's really going on. But yeah, thanks for the compliment. Appreciate that. Yeah. And how is the off-season going for you? Yeah, it's all right. Six weeks to Anaheim 1. And you booked your flights I yesterday? I flights. That's what it is. That is what Probably. it is. I can see the light at the end of the yeah. tunnel, can't I? Yeah, you can see that you're going. I'll tell you what, I'm fucking excited for Anaheim 1. How come? Uh, it's Anaheim 1. Okay, yeah, I got you there, yeah. yeah. Anything else? No, I didn't really give them much else any thought, but I think it's going to be... You're looking forward to rocking up in... Actually, there is one reason I'm excited. You can't say, though. I don't know if I can't say. It's oh. just something. Oh, can you say? No. Oh. But can I? I don't know. Well, no, because... No, I'm just excited for Anaheim 1. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Brilliant. Yeah. So let's talk about Anaheim 1. Oh, I came out of nowhere. What are you guys actually going to be doing in America? Have you, have you and well, Sean um, discussed what you're doing? Yeah, there's this thing. It's called Monster Energy Supercross. It's like, an in, it's like motocross, but inside a stadium. So we're going to go to those races. Excellent. That sounds great. Uh, is that a new concept or? Uh, I don't know. It seems new to you, seeing as you don't know what we're going to be doing <laughs> over there. You cheeky bastard. No, what I was trying to explain <laughs> is, like, or ask was, what, what's the plan? 
Oh, um, when you guys going over, are you working with any riders? You look into oh, there's plans. Well, there's Chipotle, there's theme parks, there's beaches, there's malls, nice restaurants, nice weather, lakes, I, mountains. I, I genuinely don't know why I bother. <laughs> so really, it's going to be jam packed. And then yeah, Saturdays we'll go to the races. I'll do some tweets, maybe, and then repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so right, let's let's get you back. No, um, what we all know, what we do is we go there for six weeks because basically, if you're what I've decided is, if you're a media person living in California, life couldn't be any easier because literally, you wake up in the morning, like nine a.m., you're sat there and you go, oh, I haven't really got much. Oh, there's not really much content to go um on the website today. So you just jump in your car, you drive to a practice track, you find twenty different riders, do something, video, photo, interview, you go home. Everyone's done riding by two o'clock, so you're not even doing a full day. You get home at like three o'clock, sit down, do that work, and you suddenly you've got content. So basically for six weeks we do that. Wow. So Honestly, you, life's so easy over there. So you're saying that the media guys over there have got a little bit easier than you guys in MXGP? Well, no, just anywhere. It's just easier having everyone on your doorstep. As just soon as because everyone, super accessible. Yeah, as soon as everyone goes east coast, obviously that stops. But okay. for those first six weeks, it's like a cauldron of great stuff. So um, you're going to be doing the first six rounds? Yep, looks like that. Well, that's what I booked the flights for. Okay. And when do you come back? Uh, February the 13th. So I'm missing the Hawkstone International. Oh, but back for Valentine's Day, because obviously of all the ladies. That was, that did go into my decision. Yeah. Although so, it's going to be difficult, because obviously there's going to be a lot in America who want me to be there for Valentine's well, Day. Well, I was so. going to say, what about the Cali girls or boys? Exactly, it's difficult. Oh, not uh, that. Oh, okay. I don't know where you got that from. Yep. No, it's just a rumour. <laughs> not sure. Is it a rumour? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, no, it's not. Yeah, so, yeah, first six rounds missing Hawksland International. That's a shame. Okay, so um, it looks like... I land two weeks before Matterley. Oh, right, okay. So you've got two weeks to get back into MXGP. Yeah, mode. basically two weeks to smash out MXGP stuff. Okay, so it looks like I'm going to be going to Hawksland International on my own. Yeah, I don't know what you're going to do there, because you sure as hell ain't tweeting. We actually, <laughs> oh. try, we actually tried that once. One year I was in California for Hawksland International, so we sent the B team. And a bit it's, harsh. Could be B for brilliant. And it's quite difficult because with the way the times work out, Hawkstone basically runs at like 4am in California. So I was asleep and I wasn't even monitoring this. So I opened my eyes the next morning and I just immediately was like, oh God, time to pick up my phone and see what the fuck has happened here. And I just literally it's great content. laid in bed, it's great. scrolling through my phone and great just thinking, content. wow, would you look at that? It is possible to undo five years of hard work in one day. Unbelievable. It's probably the best day that tweets. Everybody loves it. You didn't I get any interviews. No, I'm just too Surprisingly. busy. Surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly, no busy. one wants to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's not all about interviews, mate. Uh, I think you find that that is a key part of no. what goes on here. No. no you know, I've talked to a lot of riders and they don't really want an interview. They just say that. They feel sorry fair, for you. I feel, uh, to be fair, I can believe that. Yeah. They, they just like to sort of hang and chat with me and stuff. Talk bike settings. Oh, right. Yeah. Suspension and such? Sometimes suspension, yeah. yeah. So, you had a good interview this week. Uh, did I? Yeah. I also had a bad interview. What Ooh. one do you want first? Oh, talk, talk us through the bad interview. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll talk about a bad one later. Okay. When we get to what's grinding my gears. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about the good one, which was obviously standing contract. Uh, yeah, thank you for saying that was good. Thank you. Are you going to ask if I read it? No, because I know you didn't. Okay, brilliant. Um, yeah, it was quite good. It's difficult because some people like to be interviewed over email rather than the phone, which I hate doing because obviously everyone always says, like even a few riders have said to me, like, oh, when you do interviews, do you actually know what you're going to ask me before? You? And I'm like, no, not, not, not a clue. Like, I literally just go in with a blank mind because then you just build off of what they say. Okay. When I started, I used to be all nervous and a bit of a goon. Yeah. So I had like my questions planned out and I realized I was missing stuff because like Herlins would go, yeah, so I broke my leg last week and I'd, because I'm like, and also... 
you're racing next week in Holland, aren't you? Because I'm reading off my notes because I'm so like not relaxed enough. Yeah. So now I just basically play it by ear. With email, you obviously can't do that because you send the questions across and just got to hope that it kind of works out. Yeah. But Tim's always good to interview over email. Okay. And there's so some you, good little snippets in there. So you know kind of what I know managers I and what riders yep. can get the best uh, out we'll, of. We'll build on this when we get to what's grinding my gears. Oh, okay. Because I had a big interview lined up. Yeah. And it was done over email. And it won't be going out. It's that bad? Yep. I might read it on here. Oh, yeah. okay. But yeah, it's interesting, the old Tim Mathis interview. Okay, so um, for me, who may or may not have read it, I did see one sort of headline, which was that he was debating about an MX2 team. Uh, yeah, it sounds like Gas Gas approached him to run an MX2 rider. Yeah. And they were discussing it. Did they say who the rider was? No, I doubt they got that okay. far. Although I would think Dylan Walsh. Okay. That was the first person who popped into my mind, because yeah. who else is there? Yeah, that would have been good. Considering it all happened quite late, it's not like this was a discussion in August. Yeah. So it's not like they had a pick of all of the free agents. Yeah. Which kind of sucks a bit. At the end, they looked at it and they were like, oh, different class, different bike, another rider. Like It's basically having three riders like they did this year, but adding a whole new mix into it because you've got to watch an extra race, develop a 250. Yeah. So they decided not to. Yeah. But you would think, based on that little snippet, Gas Gas are going to run an MX2 team. Because I can't imagine standing construct went no, and they went oh, okay, fuck it, then we won't have any. Yeah. So, so we could uh, we could expect at some point a who's foreigner or KTM team change. I haven't given up on this Diga thing yet, but you know what? I'm actually going to message the guy. Right okay. Now. Yeah. Because I probably should have done that two weeks ago. Yeah. If you were doing your job properly, you would have. Yeah. But um, you know, that's just how it goes, yeah. I guess. But yeah. So it's going to be KTM platform, obviously. Yeah. Don't you need to say that. What else was interesting in there? Oh, I asked about Max, whether had this happened in August, whether they would have been able to keep Max. And he said, kind of, yes. I don't know, didn't commit. Okay. But it was basically, it wasn't a no. It was like, had this happened in August, then maybe we would have had a better shot at giving Max the proposal he wanted or yeah, he deserved. So. A bit more prepared yeah. and maybe some more budget was on the table. So that sucks. Okay, but did you ask about the factory equipment? Is it going to be a factory uh, bike? They've actually negotiated, well, it's a factory bike, but they've negotiated with the factory so that they um, aren't going to be as restricted as other factory-supported teams in the past. Okay. So they're still going to be able to do a lot of in-house development and stuff like that, but they will have to communicate closely with the factory. But okay. I guess there's a level of trust there because obviously they've done this for two years and they had a pretty successful season, so... Yeah. And I'm sure that actually behind closed doors, KTM are probably feeding quite a lot off of Glenn. Yeah. And asking him, like, oh, what, how's it going? And, yeah. and I'm sure Glenn's super positive. So okay. I'm sure that gives him confidence as well. So do you think we could see maybe Koldenhoff signing a bit more of a longer-term contract with Standing after 2020? I'd imagine so. But then who knows? Because if Crowley retires, maybe he'll go back to factory team. Okay. Or maybe someone else will. It's like I said, part of the reason why the MXGP class is full is because some of the older guys haven't left no. when they were kind of supposed to. So at some point, the Corollis and the DeSales are going to leave and it's going to break the mold that we have at the moment because basically, it's gonna, right, at the moment, you're playing snooker, pool. You've got your little balls set up in a triangle. Do you know how to actually play pool? Yeah. You've got them set up in the triangle thing. Yeah. Triangle tool that you use at the start. That's the MXGP paddock at the moment. Right. Once Crowley and DeSales retire, that's you're hitting your white ball in and then scatters it because suddenly it's open, it's open field. Okay. Open season. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you, so you, th- you expect when Caroli and who else? DeSalle. And Paul Land. Like all those people. Okay, so when the, the guys who've been in the, yeah. the class for, you know, the past sort of you know, eight to ten years, when yeah. they leave, we're going to see 
the pack shuffle. I think even um who was it? I think even Joel Smith said it in the latest episode of Red Bull's MX World series. They didn't think that Crowley would be this riding racing still, this strong and this motivated at this age. Yeah. And that kind of messed up their long term plans for riders and stuff because I think that's part of the reason why Coldenough went to standard. Because Crowley's still, still there. Yeah. And more power to him. He's a better rider than Coldenough and he's doing better. So why wouldn't he? But, but I mean we're seeing this um not to compare uh, athletes and uh, and sports because they're they're, they're very they, they couldn't be too far apart. But oh, um, are you going to come out with a well, golf? No, football. Within oh, football, gosh. because people because, is that is that football or soccer? Well, if, for American listeners, it would be it be soccer. Okay. For everybody else, it's, it's football. But for what you're seeing, you know, before you've seen the like the Teddy Sheringham's playing into sort of forty years old. What you're going to see now is a lot more athletes like Cristiano Ronaldo, these players which from an early age have adopted new training, new techniques, stretching, what they're eating, their, their careers are going to get, you know, they're going to be around longer because they're able to look after their bodies. I don't think this is too far off of what's going to happen in motocross. I think for riders which can stay um, relatively, you know, not as bad injuries, but can actually keep looking after themselves and adopt this at an early age, which next generation riders are. And uh, I think Red Bull and people like that have been instrumental in um, changing the mindsets and riders. I think we're going to see riders being in, in the series for, for a lot longer. Nice. I'm sorry, I, I zoned out when I heard the word Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know why. I, I literally checked out at that point because I was like, I don't know what... Do you even know who he is? Yeah, I don't care. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> but good news, obviously, we talked about it last week. Good news that uh, we've got another manufacturer, even though it's under the KTM umbrella. Another manufacturer. On a semi-related note, okay. gas gas are obviously going to go into America eventually, you yeah. think. That would make complete sense. Yes, yeah, be shocked if they didn't. Based on what we have seen happen in MXGP, that being that they've basically taken their second team below Red Bull KTM. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. What do I do? <laughs> I'm going to sneeze. I don't know. What? I'm never... <laughs> what do I do? I've never sneezed on a podcast before. I don't know what to do. Like, do I... <laughs> I've never sneezed on a podcast. I wasn't what do sure. I, what do I just not sneeze? Well, what's the rule? I didn't know what the rule was. Sorry about that. <laughs> Based on what we've seen oh. in MXGP, that being that they've basically taken their second team below Red Bull KGM and put them on Gas Gas. Yeah. I would presume that Rocky Mountain ATVMC will become the Gas Gas team in America. Yeah. That would make perfect sense based on what they've done in MXGP. And what about the Lights team? I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. But I presume that'd be a 2021 thing. I think we talked about this last week anyway, so I'm done with this, guys. I don't think we did. No, I think I remember saying that last week. So Really? Oh, yeah. I must have been asleep because you're boring me. Okay. So, are we talking about what's grinding your gears? Because that's quite, I think I kind of know because there was an announcement this week uh, with ASA. Okay, that's not Who's Farna? What did you think was grinding my gears? Oh, I thought you'd done an interview with their rider. No, you? I like Brent. I just haven't interviewed him yet. Oh, well, let's, let's put part of that. Let's put it on the shelf. Oh. What was the interview that was grinding your gears? So my friend, Arno Tonus, yeah. promised me that I'd be able to interview him about what he did change this season. Sure, I remember this. Yep. So, Going back to Portugal. Yep. yep. So finally, I messaged him and I was like, let's do this. And I was like, he was like, yep, let's do it. And I was like, sweet. Just tell me when I can give you a call. I've interviewed him over the phone loads. And he was like, oh, I'd rather do this one over email. And I was like, oh, this is already, this is already not a good sign. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. But maybe you'll come through for me. So kind of got the barriers up. Yeah, because I was like, oh, like, KG. is okay. he going to come up with a, is he going to, I'm presuming, but it was because he wanted to see what he was saying and properly yeah. out. So I got the interview back. Okay. So talk yesterday. us through it. So the first question, I just started off with the standards. How was your season? Mm -hmm. What did you think of it all? Uh, the reply was, 
The season was very positive, especially after a year off of racing and coming back from big injuries. I'm going to need more than that. If you're listening to this, riders, I'm going to need more than that. I can't work with that. Yeah, that would kind of be like an awkward silence after. Oh, brilliant. I didn't know that. So, so let's talk about it because... Well, no, I'll read out this. So I, okay. asked, so I said, because I'm not going to post this. I said... Is it because it's only like half a page? I said, <laughs> uh, right, I said, it's finally time. What changes did you make in the middle of the year that was so secret, which led to your massive turnaround? Explain exactly how that happened. His reply. The years of struggles had created a lot of culpability in me, and it was very hard to be free on the bike. I felt like if I'd been able to forgive myself more and allowed me to ride for myself, that is the major change that I needed and now feel internally. I only mention a small aspect of this, and the release actually happened by itself. The freedom that I felt at that time was not in my control at all. So, so basically, well, he put I've, so much pressure on himself from being out. Do you want to know what some other riders have said to me? Because other riders have li- other riders listen to the podcast. Okay, the post race podcast, not this shit show. Yeah, they also started to be like, "When are you going to find out? When are you going to find out?" One rider told me that they reckon he's become a Buddhist. Does that not sound like he's become a Buddhist? Is that not all Buddhist type things? Uh, no, not really. Okay, um, maybe not. Then. Maybe a slight. But... No, does that like inner freedom and stuff like that? Is that not a Buddhist? Well, it depends on whether Shout you... Shout out to all the Buddhists out there. It's wh- whether you perceive that is, is kind of... Uh, for, for a fact that he's putting pressure on himself and actually by taking that pressure away and just letting him be what will be and, and believe in yourself and, and that type of thing. I, I wouldn't say that's a, a Buddhist type oh. thing. Well, I'm, I'm just, I was a bit disappointed with that because that's not... We don't, we're not really learned anything there, have we? He could have said that in the middle of the season. Oh, yeah, I, I let myself go a bit. Yeah, but that comes down to, to literally the mental side yeah. of, of the game. Where anyway... Okay, Next question. Yeah. <laughs> so then I followed that, that up with, how did you even come up with the idea to try whatever turned your season around? See what I did there? Yeah. I've got it again. Yeah. Worded it so that hopefully he falls into the trap. Well, that you'll get more from it. How, yes. Yeah. How did you even come up with the idea to try whatever it was that turned your season around? Was it advice or research that led you to figure this magical thing out? He put... I came up with the idea in 2010 because I was struggling to perform at my full potential at the races. So I wanted to understand the mental aspect. So I started the process of discovering myself by reading books, looking at stuff on YouTube and meditation in 2013. Okay. Buddhist? Kind of, yeah. The whole meditation Uh, There are many things you can understand intellectually, but the integration is a long process. That's a bit deep. That's actually quite a good answer. I never, I, yeah, props to him for that one. Maybe that's, maybe this is going on the website after all. Yeah, I know, I'm not, that's a fucking great answer. Oh. Yeah. Well, tell you what's not grinding my gears. This fucking this, good interview. This really good interview, yeah. No, but it's, uh, still, a bit, it's still a bit weak. Well, yeah, I but mean, I, I think that maybe that's where you need to sit down with him and, and kind of, you know, talk through the process. Yeah. What was the process? Um, but when I messaged him for the interview, and I said, let's talk about it. He said, let's do the interview, but my perspective is very different now. That's what he said. I was like, that's okay. weird. So then my next question was, you mentioned that your perspective is quite different now. What has led to that? How do you view things now compared to the middle of the season? And he put, because everything is changing all of the time, and it's not because you understand one thing one day that it's done. It's constant work. Yeah. But again, that's like, yeah, I've got that. No, I think um, that's quite a, a mature outlook as... I guess I'm 44 now in it. 20 years old, I knew fuck all. Now looking back, it, it, you know, it's always that thing we're looking back, if only I knew what I knew then. And for him to be able to discover that now and kind of take himself away and kind of look at himself and just think, ah, maybe, you know, okay, maybe I need to think about this. I've got one opportunity. I've got one shot at doing this. If I don't, 
you know, really sort of understanding what's going on and really concentrate 100% on um, my career now and getting the best out of me now. Maybe he's kind of, I think that the whole thing is down to the mental aspect of the game. We've talked about a little bit about it on um, podcasts and I'm, you know, something which um, I, I'm a great believer in because you can have, we've talked about how many riders we've seen with so much talent not able to reproduce that yeah. on, the, on the racetrack and it, it, it all comes down to the mind. Yeah. Just, I was, I was really ready to break the internet with what he was going to say because I really thought like, this is it. Because I knew, it was one I, knew book. I knew that riders and teams and everyone wanted to know this. Yeah. So I was like, "This is it," and I'm not sure this is it. I don't know. I think it is. I, I think know. I think it's the case of when when a rider really understands that when he believes in himself and he understands that what everybody else can see. It's only when the rider believes that he can do something is when you see the change. It, maybe, maybe that's the same. Sort How of, am I supposed to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself? I do believe in myself. I know, I was just being deep. Oh, okay. I was going to say something else then, but better not okay. get there because uh, get myself into trouble. So I, I actually think that's a good interview. Oh, okay, fair enough. But it, I, think, I think probably it would be good to expand on it because if, if that's literally the whole interview you've just said, then... Well, there's a couple of things. Like the last question after that, I put, with everything you, that you learned this year, will you make any major changes heading into the new season? What do you now identify as the biggest weakness in your program? Okay, still prodding. I like it. <laughs> I'm literally not letting this go. Yep, yep. Dog and with a boom. The answer, I adapt my program constantly depending on where I need to be better. Not really what I asked. No. Like, but what we want to know... It's is like what, I'm talking to tech support. But what we, what we want to know is, <laughs> what is his program? Did you ask him what his program currently is? Kind of what I, I but his like program could be very different to... Yeah, but no one cares about that. We just want to know why he decided to turn bloody good. Maybe he's having trouble identifying that as well because it's, it's not just one book or one... What he probably done was he opened his mind and, and thought differently and blah, 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 blah. And he got to that point in Portugal where things become... He, he had clarity. Then a few more bumps in the road started questioning just, the just clarity. Just give me answers. Just, just give me answers. If How only I... life was as black and white as you see it. <laughs> How am I supposed to believe in his ability to do interviews over email when... That's, that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> which I don't have the time or the mental capacity to, to talk uh, with you about. Yeah. So, okay, so... I'm quite rolled up. I'm quite hot. Okay. <laughs> quite a... Deep breath. Yeah. It's because I was really looking forward to it. Jesus, Arno. Look what you've done. Yeah. But no, that's, it was good oh, questions. Um, good speaking of, um, oh. if you head to the Wilbur Yamaha MXGP Facebook page, yep. uh, they're running a competition to win a full set of signed Arno Tonus gear at the moment. Very cool. What's the competition? Uh, you have to tag a friend in the comments. Okay. There's 700 entries in 12 hours. Wow. Whoever does their social media is fucking amazing. Yeah. One of the things which I did see, one of their videos that actually 200,000 reach. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not responsible for that though. So. Okay, what was the video about? The team. Yeah, what was it? Like, is it like Louis talking or? I don't know. I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should ask the person who does their social. <laughs> no, I, I, I skimmed it a bit. It's all about just about moving into the new season and stuff. Okay. Like, look at the factory, bit of a season. It's basically a bit of a season recap, season preview. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's done really well. Yeah. So. Nice. Excellent. Right. Um, I believe that we've got some signed goodies from Wilvo yeah, to give out. coming up. I think um, we're going to use that on Bamboo, aren't we? We've got a couple of things going on at MX Vice at the moment. One of the things is our audience survey. Please head over to our website. We're uh, trying to collect as much information as possible. This will help us understand a lot greater our customers' preferences and also help with um, the people who support us as well because this is information that they can tailor to help change their business. The great thing is, is uh, 
The survey is free. It will take about, is it four minutes, five minutes of time? I thought we were talking about bamboo. No, the, oh. the actual audience survey. Uh, yeah, four or five minutes. Four or five minutes. And um, also, we've got some prizes. We've got an MXGP season pass to give away. Is that correct? I think so. Yep. Also, we've got um, Malcolm Stewart's signed goggles from Paris Supercross. And I think we're literally getting some other prizes, some bits and pieces. So we're going to make sure that um, a few people get some good, good stuff there. The other thing what we've got, exciting news, Lewis, is finally, finally got an MX Vice t-shirt. Have we? Yes, we have. Since the uh, the buyback, we've been sat on this t-shirt design for possibly two years. Unfortunately, since the- MX Vikes, I sex it. Sex it. Is that I like Brexit, it, but, but for Vice? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I do this with you. So we've got an MX Vice t-shirt. The previous regime weren't happy about putting the t-shirt out, so long live MX Vice. And um, the t-shirt is now uh, being printed. It's got some nice little additions with hem tags in corners. And uh, this t-shirt is going to be pre-order for £18, one eight, eighteen pounds And then after pre-order, it's going to go up to 22 so uh, this is a one-off 500 t-shirts to go out. It will help Lewis travel the world. So um, we appreciate the support um, in purchasing uh, the MX Vice t-shirt. So keep a lookout. It's, uh, it'll be on the website today uh, with some links and everything else. Um, yep, it'll is that, on... that going to be my job? Uh, yep, you'll be okay. putting an article out with the MX Vice t-shirt and it will be available on Even Strokes, which is E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-K-E-S.com. And how so, do you spell com? I was going to say something else then. Oh. See, I'm, you're just trying to line me up to get me in trouble. No, I'm not really. I was just thought it was funny that you were spelling it out. Wow. I, thought, I thought it was funny that you presumed that everyone could spell com but can't spell even. Well, it's my it's fucking like accent, wouldn't it, you dick? Oh. I've got quite a strong accent, so people might not... Like I said, I might have been said either strokes or ether strokes. It's oh. even strokes, okay. as in two and four. Do you want even me to say it to make it a bit clearer for you? Yeah, go on then. Even strokes. What? Don't do that. I just did I don't, I don't know what you said. Is I that? haven't got an accent. You haven't got an accent? No. Okay. I don't have an accent. Everyone else has an accent. How is Worthing? That's all right. Cool. So yeah, we've got a couple of things happening. Survey, win, signed, Malcolm Stewart goggles. Again, that's a real big help to us if you can uh, fill in the survey. MX Vice t-shirt, long live MXV with a skull. Pretty cool. Pioneers, Rebels and Mutineers t-shirt. Available in black and white, 18 pounds. Well, actually, I reckon what we should do, every person who orders a t-shirt, Yeah. It's entered into a drawer for a separate prize, that being something signed from someone. Okay. Okay. Well, you're the, the man with all the signed merchandise, so um, I'll let you pick something. All right. Cool. Sweet. And we're still looking for ambassadors, MX Vice. So we're still looking for people who can uh, work with us, share the content. We've got about 100 people so far. We're trying to get that to 1,000. And the whole idea is we'll send out care packages, T-shirts, signed goodies, everything else. All you have to do is share our content. So if you share our content anyway, or you comment on our content, that type of stuff, uh, why not do that, but get rewarded? So you can do that as well. Just go onto the website, search MX Vice Loyalty on Google or whatever, and you'll come up with a page. So lots of cool things to talk about. Let's take a break because uh, we've got MX Vice questions coming up. We've got Tommy Sorrow in the podcast studio, uh, which will be interesting. Let's hear from Tal. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talonwheels.com. 
talent-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Huge thank you to Talon for their continued support. We got some new adverts coming up next week for Yoko Liat Hinson, KYB, and Even Strokes. So Ask Vice Anything next week is going to be brought to you by Liat. Great brands to have on board. We're freaking super pumped. Because when we started this three weeks ago, when we bought the business back, can you remember three weeks ago, we were at Eichmann now? Yeah. Going around to everybody, talking to them about this great website called MX Vice and that we, re- we could actually help the business. And yeah. here we are three weeks later with some sponsors on board. Would you believe it? Yeah. So happy days. Still a long way to go. I think we've achieved some pretty cool stuff in the last three weeks. The website's starting to uh, perform now in search engines, which is great. I love all this sort of stuff. We're actually getting, the website uh, is actually being developed and evolved. Yeah. Can you believe it? Little, little um, insight into what James has been most frustrated with for the last 18 months. Yeah. So um, it's, it's good to actually start to see things moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, the Team 114 riders were announced this week. Yeah. And do you want to do the whole Monster, Monsters, Inc. thing? No. It's okay, so, so say the names. Come on. There's a little smile which comes out. Come no, on. They've got um, Nathan Crawford. And? And Mike Wazowski. Or Bailey Malkiewicz. However you say his name. Right, okay. Um, what do you know about these guys? Nathan Crawford was fourth in the MX2 Australian MX Nationals this year. Uh, I believe he won one round. Okay. And Bailey Malkiewicz, or Mike Wazowski, was the junior 125 world champion in 2018. And also the MXD champion. In 2018. Okay, MX- MXD, for those who have no idea what MX- MXD is. I'm getting it. MXD is basically like EMX 250, MXY2 in the Australian Nationals. But it's under 18s, I think. But it's a pretty good series. Like, it's not... Yeah. Obviously, if you win... So, how, but, how old are they? I don't know. I'm seeing their birth certificates yet. No, okay, Bailey Zhang. An, Bailey Zhang. I was going to say, if you're talking about a rider yeah. who's under 18, then... Bailey Zhang, like 18, 17, 18. Nathan's 21, I think. Wow, so both young kids coming yeah. to live in France. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, but one thing I've uh, been do we, thinking... Do we know if Sorby is going to be working yeah, with those guys? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I have been thinking... Yeah. ...is we're all a bit obsessed with this Australian thing at the moment. Are, are we? Well, 114 especially. Right, but okay. Like, yeah, like yeah. if you ask them, yeah, we follow the Australian nationals religiously. We can tell you what every rider's doing. How long is it going to take before one of these teams cottons onto the fact that Canada Ooh. is also producing pretty good riders? Ooh. And, and talk to us about these riders. You set me up there, didn't you? Yeah. Dylan Wright springs to mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's Dylan been doing? Ah, you're trying to set me up. I do actually know. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to set you up. I'm actually genuinely interested. Oh, no, but the Canadian series is just good. Like, it's good series. It's just as good as Australia, yeah. I think. They produce good riders. Every time they go down to the US and as a wild card, they hold their own. Like, if I was a team and if I was another team, yeah. and I was like, okay, look, everyone's doing the Australian thing. What can I do? I would be looking at. Canada. Canada a little bit. Okay. Like when you next hear someone looking at a rider in Canada, yeah. I, I expect props. Okay. I'm actually interested about this now. I want to know more. Well, what, what do you want me to tell you? Well, I'm, I'm just interested about the, the, the series, the next generation of, of Ca- guys. No, it's not even really the next generation. But if you look, Canada always does well at the nations and stuff. I don't see why you wouldn't. Obviously, not for MXGP, but MX2. I don't see why you wouldn't look at that. Okay. Well, I'm not arguing with you. No. I'm just genuinely interested. Yeah. Look at you. Going all Canada on us. I like Canada. I've never been, but... No, actually, it's a country I really want to go to. Nice people, good Canada place. and Australia are the only countries I've been to that are on my list. Um, anyway. Yep. So not really sure what we should expect from those two, but a source 
has told me that one of them will be up and down, but quite good on his good days, and the other one will struggle. Okay, I'm guessing the younger one will struggle? I can't actually remember. Okay, well, they're both going to be chucked in at the deep end anyway. It's tough now because... Like, so if they listen to this, what we do now is that they're going to have to contend with shit weather. They're going to be in France, where everybody's speaking a different language. And then it's going to be... Well, we do know from past experience that probably for an Australian to come over, he's going to have to spend 10000 on private insurance. Wow. Yeah. Interestingly, though, it's kind of a bit screwed up now because Mitch was an unknown. No one really knew who, what he was going to do. No one really cared. But he came out and got on a podium in Argentina. And suddenly, that's what started this whole Australia's the place to get riders from thing, which means that Mitch came in with no expectations, no pressure. There's now a precedent for this. Yeah. So if Nathan, people expect them so, to be the next Mitch Evans. Yeah, and if Nathan isn't on the same level as Mitch Evans, people are going to be asking why. Yeah. And as I said last week, you aren't going to get the same Mitch Evans because if, if Nathan was as good as Mitch Evans, he would have been signed over Mitch Evans last year. Yeah. So effectively, what we're doing here is just going down the standings <laughs> by yeah. one position each year until what's going to happen. Soon we'll be on the 20th place rider because we've used up everyone else, okay. which is why I would maybe take a look at Canada. I'm just going to text Johan about the JWR Canadian team this year. Okay. Another interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Mitch said that he was burnt out before round one this year because he came over in November and went mental. Both Bailey and Nathan are over now and have started their preparation. So should we expect history to repeat itself? Mitch is back in Australia, loving life, having a relax and going to start his prep in January because he knows now that he went way too hard too early this year. And Bailey's going to be talking to a French Santa Claus. Maybe someone should inform mm. and enlighten. But I'm sure that 114 have got that, but then maybe not because... Mm. Je m'appelle Santa. Okay, that's cool. Que fait? Quelle interesting, interesting that 114 would take two riders from Australia but not look at Dylan Walsh. Yeah. Who is already over here. New Zealander, obviously, same thing. Who's already over here, got a year of experience. Hang on. New Zealander, same thing. It's the same I thing. I said last week about Holland and Belgium. No, that's different. And that's different. So what's fucking different between Holland and Belgium because and then you've got... Australia and New Zealand are far away in their own little Australia, Australasia well. Same culture, same... It's just the same. I don't think the New Zealand Zealanders want to be called Australian, do they? I don't know. I lived there, didn't I? I can tell you all about it. It was, it was like Australia. Well, you're telling me, and I don't believe you, because I, I've just said about Holland and Belgium, and you're saying, no, 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 it's completely different. When I lived there, one thing I did learn was that um, New Zealanders and Australians hate each other. I saw right. a guy wearing I... a T-shirt that just said, at least I'm not Australian. <laughs> 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 I never got to the bottom of why this is so. Okay. Maybe it's got better now. <laughs> Great T-shirt. Maybe, or maybe I just spoke to the wrong people, but that's kind of what I got the vibe of. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's the same, because they're in their whole, they're in their, it's almost like, you could almost lump America and Canada in the same thing, because they're in their same culture type thing. Well, I've seen a really good picture, actually, the other day, of um, a set of trees, which literally, it looked like someone had got a lawnmower and gone through the middle of it, and one side was Canada, and one side was, so borders are, borders, borders, yeah. you know, it's whatever. Okay. English, Welsh, Scottish. I just think because Holland and Belgium are so, I don't know. Nah, well, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Sorry to all the Belgium and, and, and Dutch what, people that we've offended. No, we're giving them their own identity. It's more offensive if we just say they're the same thing, like you want to say. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just apologising. My ignorance. Oh. In, obviously, a, a border means everything. Right, so where were we? Uh, on that note, let's go into Brent Van Donick, because he's done the big switch. We talked about it, or alluded to it last week. He signed for the ASA United Husqvarna team. Yep. 
So he's predominantly going to be doing British Championship, MX Nationals, and I'm guessing selected GPs, maybe? Oh, yeah, he's been selected GPs. And that would have been the anchor that convinced him to sign. Okay. I presume. When I first heard about him doing the British deal three weeks ago, I texted him and said, are you doing this deal? And he said, it's been offered to me, but I really want to stay in full-time GPs. So obviously, for GPs is where his head's at. And although he's now in the British Championship, I'd bet my bottom dollar that he cares more about those wildcard rides in GPs when he does about winning the British title, which is fine because that he's looking at the bigger picture. In his mind, this is just a detour. This isn't, this isn't a new life. This is just a slight detour off of the road that he wants to be on. Yeah, and it's also he's getting paid and it's kind of, it keeps him on that road of survival, of keeping, keeping him in the picture. Because let's face it, let's just say, I mean, within the British Championship this year, what have you got? You've got Tommy, you've got Sean Simpson, Adam Sterry, is he? No. Is he, he's not no. going to do, do it? No. no. Okay. It so, seems Czech. Penny might want to run a couple of wild cards. You know, who knows? Who else have we got in the British Championship? Who did you name? Tommy Simpson. Tommy Simpson. Nichols. Nichols. Bobrashev. Bobrashev. Van Donick. Van Donick. So that's not bad competition. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's, it's a encouraging step. Adding Kulis, because Kulis oh, yeah. had some good places last year. And also, then you've got people like Banks Brown, Millwood, and these guys who know the tracks are fast on their day. So um, it's not going to be bad competition for Brent on his first year for, on a 450. The interesting thing is, there's going to be some riders missing podiums. Like, oh, adding Pocock as well, Pocock. I'd say it, but someone like Jake Nichols yeah. could be scrapping just to get on the podium, whereas he obviously has expectations much higher than that. Yeah, whereas previously he would have been going for winning the British Championship. But now having to... I think it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting year. But yeah, I think... I won't be there, of course, I think this is a, I'm I sure it'll be is, interesting. I think this is a good landing spot for Brent because had he done... The, like Everyone was like, why wouldn't he just get a deal in Holland? Well, there's only a four-round Dutch Masters series and that's really it. There's an onk and stuff, but no one really cares. Belgium, National Series is basically non-existent. Uh, okay, um, what's next then? The ADEC Masters. A lot of riders do that. But the issue is the level of talent there isn't quite... No, the depth isn't there. Okay, you get better wild cards like Sewer and people like that. Brent's never going to beat Sewer. So what the podium would look like is Sewer, Brent, and then Jens Getterman. No team's going to look at Brent beating Jens Getterman and go, look at that, he's actually doing really well. Whereas if Brent can beat Tommy on occasion or Simpson... Simpson especially, where there's a direct correlation against where he'd be in GPs, yeah. that could make a GP team go, okay, sweet. Like, he's actually doing quite well. Yeah, so and, and if that's translating move. as well when he is doing the odd wild yeah. card in GPs. That'll be all he's focused on, 100%, no doubt in my mind. But he's going to be on good money. He's going to be on like 40, 50K with, with that team. Yeah, I'm considering so, he's battling for survival. Yeah, and that's not a bad payday. And that's without any sponsors which he gets for like, personal sponsors. And So he'll do quite well next year. Yeah. Financially, and he's, he's got a good team around him. I wrote an him. article this week as well. Like, it, I feel like Brent kind of is carrying the British Championship now. Because if Brent can prove that if you're out of luck in GPs, you can go to a British team, do the British Championship, and then get back in GPs, a lot of people in his position in the future are going to be looking to do something similar. So the next year, when people like Patrell and people like that, okay, they bring money, so maybe they're not in the same boat. They might um, not bring money next year, don't they? Okay. Let's say yeah, let's just someone, someone like Patrell who could quite easily drop in and out of GPs. Yeah, um, or Petrov. Yeah. If they look at it and go, oh, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? And then go, well, Van Donick 
went to this British team last year, and now he's back in GP, so let's try and do that. Yeah. Then suddenly, the British Championship could live off of becoming this stopgap for international talent, which is fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no, there's, no, there's no doubt in my mind. Brent probably has never followed the British Championship, doesn't really care, and never fought it racer. That's fair enough. But the good thing is, he's doing a series, so it's all good. The great thing is, Brent's going to know Fat Cats. Why? Because he wouldn't have known fat, fat Cats before, would he? Well, he won't now. It's not on the calendar. Is it not? No. Don't you remember? I think I'm pretty sure the um, teams and riders said this year that they never want to race there again. Oh. Pretty sure. Anyway, someone told me that. Might have been you. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. I, I thought, well, I actually thought it was on the, the, no, it's the not. calendar. No? No. It's always on the calendar. No, it's not. Okay. It wasn't on there last year. Yeah, where's I went there? That it was fucking this year. ringed. That was this year. Oh, was it not? Okay. No. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so good for Brent. I hope he can get back in GPs. I'm not sure. Pro- problem is he doesn't bring money and he wants to get paid, understandably. So Yeah, like everybody does. Yeah. No, I get that. And every rider should be paid for You know what? what? Fair play. Because he could have quite easily taken a free ride with JWR or something like this. Yeah. But he's actually gone, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to go to Britain, which, like I say, he probably really doesn't want to do. Yeah. And I'm going to try and make this work. Well, look how it worked out for Strybos. Yeah. In a way that... It is similar in a way. It, yeah, in a way. Strybos was out of GPs. Yeah. I mean, no, he wasn't because he had a full-time ride with Hitachi. And actually, no, this isn't relevant at all because he won a moto in GPs that year. So actually, no, that isn't relevant. <laughs> it's nothing to do with Oh, what? not on the Hitachi, did it? Yeah, he did. Latvia, second moto. Wow. Pretty sure, anyway. Really? Pretty sure. Okay. Hold up. Let me do some research. Two seconds. Oh, I'm saying Latvia, second moto on the Hitachi bike. He won it. Okay. Please hold. Yep. He won it. Strybos Karoli Dodaika. Look at that. I'm, proud. I'm happy with that. Look at, look at I'm your face. That. I'm happy with that. I, that was look at his face, that, Rob. That was a pull, wasn't it? Yeah. Well Out done. of nowhere, yeah. Yeah. Off the bench. Well, there we go. So the British Championship. No, the British Championship had nothing to do with that. Well, he did. He was riding the British Championship. The credit goes to Hitachi and Strybos. So there we go. You can ride in the British Championship <laughs> and still win races. Okay. This point's lost all meaning. <laughs> I'm just trying to clean with something. Yeah, you're trying to basically yeah. salvage whatever you were talking about. Okay. So we've got a couple of changes. With what? Well, announcements. Oh, what we've just talked about. Yeah. Silly season. There's Jacoby, but I haven't really got anything to say about that. And or Vi. Right. Yeah. It's just on a private Yamaha team. They're yeah. an official Yamaha. He's riding an official Yamaha. That doesn't mean it's a factory bike or he's got factory help. Though. What, what I don't understand. That just means Yamaha acknowledging him what? like they did with Hutton Metal Vision. Do you, do you know what he was kind of talking about when he said, I've got two mechanics? I'm guessing he's got two mechanics. He's never had that before. But then he would have had... He but surely he would have had two mechanics on F&H. I'm guessing he means two race mechanics. Actually, I don't know. Maybe he, uh, he could have meant two race mechanics. He could have meant a race mechanic and a practice mechanic. Yeah. Who knows? He had one race mechanic at F&H, but then he had like an engine guy, a suspension guy in f So what yes. more do you need? Yeah, exactly. Jesus. I ain't even got a mechanic. It's just me and the Kawasaki. What a guy. I know. Wants a lot of mechanics. Throws punches. Yeah. Doesn't play well with others. <laughs> Has he got a teammate this year? Uh, not in 450s. It's probably a good idea. <laughs> it's got Maxime Renault. Okay. And Andrea Adamo. Okay. In uh, the MX250. They both better duck. I don't think so. I think that'll be fine. Yeah. They're not racing yet. Got anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get... No. So I am happy. I wanted to talk about Brent. I wanted to talk about uh, we 114. We were going to wait for Tommy to talk about Brent, and then I made a smart decision of saying he really couldn't give a fuck and wouldn't want to talk about that. Well, we'll actually get his, we'll get his thoughts on the British Championship and about the people he's going to be racing against anyway. And the people working in the British Championship? 
like myself? Uh, no, I don't think you okay. fucking bothered about that. And it'll also be good to get his uh, insights on the GPs as well in 2020. Yeah, we've got questions for Tommy and for us, but we'll just do them all at the same time, yeah? Sounds good. Right, on that note then, let's go for uh, another break and we'll see you in five. The, the MX, MX Vice Show. show, 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 show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Right, we're back. Lewis? Hi. You okay? Yeah, I'm actually a bit disappointed by now. Well, it's Tommy, you no, shouldn't be um, disappointed. You, yeah. You're excited about this. No, you sent me a message yesterday saying we got guests and Bill Base Honda's number one MX1 rider. So I was really pumped up coming up here. I was like, fuck <laughs> me. I was like, Jake Nichols in the flesh. Yeah. And now I've got this. But it's fine. Uh, I mean, okay. I'm, not, I'm not sad about it. Just, All right. Well, be he's been working on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was, he actually said uh, when he came in, he goes, I've got something really funny to say. <laughs> in his head, oh, everybody, we were all rolling. I almost, I almost forgot about it as well. Yeah. Before I even started that, I thought he was excited about something. <laughs> yeah. Was, it, what you'll notice, Tommy, is if you ever come down this neck of the woods again, I know it's probably got a nosebleed or something. I um, won't come down this way. No, it's all right, yeah. Yeah. But, he gets a little, like, watch his mouth, he gets a, like a little smile. <laughs> and then when, when that starts going, then you know you're in fucking trouble. I've had a good week, to be fair, jokes. Have you? Yeah, I'm on a roll this week. Why, what other jokes have you been saying? I don't know. I've just got quite a few good ones coming out this week. <laughs> Is this you and the dog? Because you've been spending a lot of time with a puppy, No, you? just everyone. Everyone's getting a bit of it. All right. Yeah. You've actually spoke to more people than your dog. Who else have you spoke to? Why are you attacking me like this? <laughs> I'm not attacking you. I'm just asking a question. All right. How is the puppy? That's great. Is it like you? You. Yeah, that's all right. You got a puppy. Yeah, no, I haven't got... got a puppy. The family's got a puppy. Yeah. But he has a bit of a problem with dogs because they don't like him, Tommy. No one seems to like me. I don't know what it is. Tommy likes you. No, I think you're now. Right. Yeah. You're Wait until f- the season starts. Now you're yeah. my favourite person at MX Vice. There you go. I'll take that. You fuck. Especially because he's sat next to it. Yeah. I'll take that. Wow. Or at least Ed likes me, although he hasn't got a mic. This is great. This is really great. That's right. the only reason I'm here, by the way. It's because Ed said he's going to come down and see me. Yeah, and then yeah. I just thought free fuel. <laughs> Yeah, trip down, and then when I got to Bristol and thought we're here, <laughs> yeah, put the, put yeah. the actual. Well, if I fucking told you in, where it was, then you... I was about to turn around. I was really upset about that. Yeah, it's our self. It Bristol. is literally the arse end of nowhere, mm. isn't it? Like literally. Oh, Obviously, right. cheap units and that down there. Jesus fucking. It Christ. is literally like you see more life in Indonesia. This is uh, I think right. That's a very populated country, though. To be fair, first <laughs> thing you need to know is Mitsumanon is right the center of the universe. There is actually, if you as you go out, look at a sign, someone's written center of the universe on the sign. The funny thing is, no one even knows what Midsummer Norton is. It's irrelevant. Midsummer murders. People get murdered there. It's oh, a fucking TV I've heard show. Of that show. Thanks, Tommy. I think I watched yeah. it. My nan used to watch it. Did you watch uh, one thing uh, which you might have seen, <laughs> which is very popular in Worthing, is two old in Worthing, guys, in Worthing. Two old guys going at it and noshing each other off in the town centre. Have you seen that video, Tommy? You've not yeah. seen that video? Yeah. Yeah, there's literally... No, yeah. you would have seen the video. You just probably wouldn't know it was... It was yeah, it was 10 minutes from my house. Yeah, literally. Yeah, 10 minutes. So, <laughs> and, you know, and the funniest thing is... Is it a so, new video, an old... Like, no, like a year ago. It's about, yeah, about a year ago. Lewis, Lewis was just trotting down to, to fucking Sainsbury's. Two old guys are noshing each other off. What, you, you filmed the video? No. Yeah, Lewis is filming it. You would have seen the video, 100%. It went massive. You couldn't go on Literally, he's massive. That's what, that's what Lewis came back. He's, he's a little bit distraught. 
I'll, um, I'll watch that on the way out. <laughs> yeah, do it, mate. So if... A bit of time to myself. Yeah, don't, don't be negative about Midsummer and Autumn. Things like that don't go on there. No, I'm well, That's because yeah. there is fuck all going on there. So, nice to have you. And do apologise about coming 45 minutes out of your way. Fine. But don't worry. I'm not going to extend the invite again. I'll just ask Ed to come down next time on his own. Yeah, it's easy. All You've right. actually fucked me up big time. Because my old goal in life was to do a podcast with Tommy without you. Like properly going through his career and now he's not coming back. No, I can do that. That's what I sort of thought I was going to do. I sort yeah, that's of what I've always wanted to so do. So basically the problem's me. Memory, you know? No, we can do both, I think. Maybe like keep him in a room for a bit and then just say, right, we'll do some uh, like just strictly business. Oh, what? What? Ask Lewis to leave and then I stay with you. Because <laughs> you don't know about bikes, really. Oh. You only heard of Tommy this year. Yeah, you wouldn't have heard of me. Hold up, hold up. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Fuck off. Right, here we go. <laughs> no. Fuck off. No, right. 2007. Oh, God. No, no one gives a fuck no. about your stats. What bike was he riding in 2007? A, what bike, a, everyone knows this. This isn't a stat. What bike was he riding in 2007? You're like an autistic freak when it <laughs> no, comes to fucking motocross. What bike was he riding in 2007? I want to say Kawasaki. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. Yeah. I knew that. Well, uh, let's talk about Kawasaki because... Um, <laughs> I would just like to say, Tommy, that I don't know if you've seen, but I am part of Team Green yeah, but He's not. He's I've shit. seen your bite. It looks like you've done a lot. Tommy of has an appreciation for Kawasaki. Okay, Lewis. All right. All right. Just button it for fucking... We're, the pros are talking. <laughs> so you like my Kawasaki? What's, yeah. And did you see nice the... Bike. Obviously, when we're talking in Riders of Our Calibre, did you see the upgrades I made to the, to the Kawasaki? At the moment, Kawasaki UK is sending down foot peg after foot peg. No, you won't be going... Well, they won't go through much parts with you as a rider. Well, I thought, thought we had a little talk backstage and we said yeah, about the wear and tear. I'm not going to lie on podcasts. What? We're friends. Yeah, but you just got to tell the truth, and it? it's the best way. What you say? Best pol- honestly, is the best policy. Okay. His bike's done a maximum 35 minutes. Fucking over. 35 minutes. I was sweating. <laughs> I was yeah, sweating. Wait. On tick over. The standard grips are still on, brand new. Standard tyre, standard sprocket. That's a new tyre. <laughs> Ed fitted it for me. Come down last week. But anyway, less about my, my uh, riding. Literally, and, um, yeah. No one cares. No, they do. <laughs> I, just like, I just like how we do a podcast every single week and you never talk about your riding. And then suddenly we've actually got someone interested in it. No, I'm not you, interested. The first... it's, it's the fucking weather. The weather's not been on my side. But still, you could have talked about this any time. Anyway. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to Tommy then. Yep. Right. Well, is there any questions you'd like to ask Tommy? I thought you were going to introduce a section. Okay. Right, so this is Ask Vice Anything brought to you by Liat. Yeah. Thank you very much, Liat, for the support. We really do appreciate it. Um, no affiliation to Tommy Sorrell. Exciting things coming from Liat, December the 12th. Yeah. I think. Watch this space. Yeah. Good date. Yep. I think uh, December the 12th, I might be going up to. Uh, no, I'm not going up. That's next week. I'm going to watch Tottenham versus Manchester United. No one cares either. <laughs> oh, for God's right. sake, what is wrong I'll with move on to the fan questions. Right, okay. Because there's a lot of them, and I don't want you to take it up with my questions. Oh, hi, Tommy. I'm Lewis. You're my favourite rider in the world. He's made up most 50. of these questions. Yeah, he fucking has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was going through it with Piney no, last I, night. I actually haven't. I actually haven't. Yeah, it's like Piney, what should I ask him? What should I'm, I ask him? I'm for the people. At least he didn't have oh a bedspread. Do you know he had a Chad Reed bedspread? <laughs> he fucking did. I was young. I was yeah. young. What do you want from me? Was it the matching bin as well you yeah. had? So you had a matching bin and duvet cover of I Chad Reed. Formula One bin. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Red. <laughs> Red. Yellow wheel arches. What, you actually had a bed with wheel arches? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I thought you meant like a duvet cover. No, the whole bed. Oh, yeah, I only had a duvet cover. They didn't make Chad Reed beds. No. No. Anyway, question? Uh, yeah, crack okay, on. Good. Team you all on Instagram. Who? Team you all. Yeah, but at Team You Are you actually saying this right? Yeah. Team You Are. Team You Are. Your. Team You Are. 
You want about t- is it Tim or Tim? No, it's one word. Every he said earlier, sorry, mate, it's just so He said earlier you had that chat with JH84 and he said that he hated Tommy's guts. Did number 100 feel the same way? Um, yeah, at that time, we just wanted to beat each other. It wasn't, I thought the interview was quite good. It didn't. Did you listen to it or read it? Read it. I don't really like the sound of your voice. Oh, right. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a disappointing start. <laughs> oh, he's well, going to go into like flog himself with a whip. There goes the confidence. Um, so I, I read it, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we obviously didn't like each other that year. We just raced all year. We'd, it was good, though. When I look back, it was one of my favourite years. Um, racing but there was just a rivalry and then it was sort of my motivation his motivation and then uh, it, w- it was the best year ever for me but at the same time yeah we didn't like each other I remember it sort of it started real early to be fair in the season like we, we got into it real soon I think the second or third round in uh, a track in Italy firm yeah, was yeah. it on the hill that was when you had your first DNF wasn't it of yeah the season. Um, well the first the first race I had a DNF someone just crashed into me at the bottom of the hill and and broke the, I think the rad, the rad burst. So then I just, I started coming back through the pack and um, the bike stopped because it had no water left. And then second race, he came across me on the start there and um, I didn't shut off because I was like, no way if I'm going down because I started to fall. And then I just held the throttle on and pushed him into the whole field. Like it was really bad, really. I'm surprised we both got up uninjured. And then I remember being on the floor and looking at him because i was under so many bikes you can watch the video an old website proper website um verb moto they've got the video you good, do good, good website stuff. i was um, my confidence is like dropping and uh, and then I, I remember looking at him dead in the eyes and he looked at me we made contact on the floor both under bikes and he's getting up but i was stuck at this point and i just stuck my finger <laughs> at him and shouted fuck you and he um then i just see him jump on his bike and then go and then i was I was way under the, way under a load more bikes. So anyway, I jumped to mine about 15 seconds behind. And um, we came back to one and two that race. And I got real close to him. We was going so fast. I think five seconds left faster than anyone else on the track. But he finished the race and went so fast. He didn't shut off because we still had like two corners before he could pull off the track. Yeah. He didn't shut off. He posted his fastest sector after the finish line. <laughs> fastest first sector of the race after the um, race had finished. and then. I went after him, yeah, like I was going to fight him. Probably wouldn't have got scared. So someone uh, pulled me back, which I was quite happy about. Yeah, but it was sort of, it started early. That was second round. And then it was from then on, I was trying to get him back for that. And he was trying to get me back. But it, um, it was good, like good season, but just a lot, of, um, a lot of stuff like that. I've got a question. Obviously that year, I was young. I had an air horn and stuff. So I was like... So you have got questions then? Yeah. I've got my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be mixing in my own. No, I just. Build it's it. I it's just basically not ask MX Vice anything. It's just fucking ass. <laughs> Lewis asks. No, I never knew about the, like the whole screaming fuck you yeah. thing, and that's quite exciting. Okay. So yeah, I, I look how happy he is. <laughs> no, like, I'm just gonna like... put my fucking headphones. Ed, do you want some food? You can see it happen on that video. What you see? You put your middle finger. Up. Yeah, you see. If you look under the pole, you just see me looking at him with my finger up. Quite good. So that year, I was obviously rooting for you being like a British fan and stuff I with my air horn. <laughs> and I, remember, I, I literally clearly remember when he got a car, in a car crash in Russia and seeing it online because I literally lost my mind and was like, fuck, like, this is it. You're going to do it now. Mm, I remember that. Yeah, and when you saw it online, did you like think the same thing? Um, yeah, I was chuffed in that. It, <laughs> he, was in the, he was in the other car. <laughs> he, was, he was in the park lorry. It cost me literally like 500 euro out there <laughs> to get mate to crash into him. But no, I thought he actually went faster the week he didn't come back. I thought... 
this is sort of my weekend. Yeah, I can make Lockett, up some points. He was on about an interview, I think. Yeah, it was Lockett. When he took you out. Or no, when you took no, him I out. No, I took him out. You. And then I just panicked after, I think. But yeah, he come back. I thought, oh, he's got... I think he played up a bit. He made it, he didn't. But he had a bit of a cut on his head. But the bloke he was in the car crash with actually was really smashed up. Like, he still limps now. What, the driver guy? Yeah. He still limps about. So it could have been really bad. Actually, probably could have killed them both. So that wasn't good. But then he come back that race in Lockett. And uh, we were just racing one and two, I think. I, was, I caught him up a little bit. Then I put a block pass on him. He went down. And then, um, yeah, then I sort of just crumbled after that. And then he caught me back up past me. And I finished third. I think Van Orbit was second that weekend. So, yeah, just these boys are watching that video. <laughs> so it's putting me off. But, um, yeah, so after he crashed, he still rode well that next weekend. So I was a bit, I remember going to the doctors after because I got tired and I was thinking, no, nah, something wrong. I shouldn't be getting tired in that race. That was almost like a low point of the year after that because he come back, beat me. I don't know if I won the first race or whatever or got beat first both motors, but I remember on the way home really upset about that weekend. It was the British GP the weekend after that. I think I'm done with my question. Although, no, I actually... Gonna, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not looking nah, I kind of can't believe that you hated him that much after round three. He's trying to play it No, cool. I didn't really was hate it, him Wait, so much. when did the crossing over on the start on the start start? Must have been round three. I That's guess... That Fermo was round three. But like out of the gate, because I remember France was mad, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was... That was I'm, halfway through the season. Yeah, but that's when I remember it getting proper bad. Or when I at home thought no, it was proper that, bad. That was him that got proper bad. Yeah. He'd done it worse that's than me. would have hated him. Yeah, but weren't you six at the time, Lewis? No, I was 11. No, I wasn't 11. I was 16. How would you feel, Tommy? Well, I would have been, what? I was 23. Yeah, we're not that big. You've got a bigger difference 22. in age. It's well, more of a question of how old do you well, feel? I'm old as fuck, but I'm not <laughs> talking about me. Anyway, Stevie B, 1988, said, would you ever go back to MXGP if a right deal came back? Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, it's quite a difficult question because everything has to be right. And I've sort of committed now to race in England and do the British Championships, which I'm happy about. I'm looking forward to that. And then for the right deal to come up now, it sort of wouldn't really because I could win everything in England. Then it doesn't really mean much at GP level. The only sort of way something would happen now is if, say, a rider on Honda got injured and then they says, right, we'd pay you to come race the GPs. But even in... um, yeah, but he don't crash or anything. <laughs> but even then, in that situation, I'm contracted to do what I'm doing. I'm going to got two years in the. I've got two year contract in the UK with Dave Thorpe. So at this point, it's kind of unlikely. Yeah, if in two years' time I got a good contract, but at the same time, it's quite unlikely that, that would happen. I've got another me question, if that's okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, good. Yeah, why not? It's been um, a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like towards the end of the season, Did he obviously. Put his we... hand up there. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I'd clear it before. The end of the season, we obviously knew you were kind of like going away from GPs a bit. And then around Sweden time, someone who would know came up to me and said that you'd like had a change of heart and were probably looking for a GP deal again. Did that happen or not? Uh, not really. I didn't speak to anyone in GPs about a deal, only with Kawasaki because I felt like if I was stay, I probably would have been with Kawasaki because I always had a good relationship with them. They sort of helped me and, and get deals and stuff. But I... Uh, yeah, I sort of knew the direction I was going to go, not because it was just there was no GP ride, but I sort of see in the paddock riders like Max looking for a ride who had won a race a couple of weeks before. And if someone like Max at his age, he's a couple of years younger than me, three years younger, I think, if he was struggling to get a ride with a GP win under his belt and he was struggling to get any money, I was sort of not in a position where I was going to sign to ride for free without a team that was at top level because I've, I've tried the last three, four years on a, without a factory backing, it's just, it's quite difficult. Not that the teams don't put effort in. They all, they all do their best. And um, 
and try their hardest to make things happen, but you are sort of at a disadvantage. Not that it can't happen, of course, if you're, um, you know, everything's going well, you can perform on any bike, but it does make it a little bit more difficult. What do you think? Um, sorry, this is. Um, I, was, I was actually just thinking, do you, do you want to chime in? Because you haven't said anything. No, no, I will. Hour. So let's pretend this is a question from. Oh, fuck. Tommy, pick one. What one would you like to choose? We'll just choose a random. I like to do this every week with Lewis, but he says it's not funny, but you're laughing as well. It's so it's, it's not funny because you've done it 10 yeah, weeks straight. It's hard to work the names out. He doesn't. You sort of got to look at them for a while before you even. Because yeah. like, you have to pronounce what them. What about the right I way. yank it? That's good, isn't it? That's like, not a name. When uh, have you ever heard anyone uh, call yeah, that? Yeah, but yeah, you have to say it. Oh, you have okay. to say it in the right um, context. Yeah, you can't, if you just read them, yeah. you can't do it. That's where I'm going wrong. He says it wrong every week because he doesn't yeah. read it like a name. He just reads it like a normal saying and it doesn't really Like Ivan a shroom slap. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> he literally thinks this is the best thing ever. It's like old man humor. Ivan would be spanked. <laughs> I want to be spanked. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like this is my favorite one. Uh, There's a lot of them. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's been really going out for 10 weeks. So Miles the, long. What, what about Mo? Oh, my slong. What, what about Mo Lester? Yeah, see, that's a, it's old, isn't it, that one? <laughs> I've used that before. Yeah. So, kneel oh, down. Oh, shit, I forgot my question. Um, no, no, I got my question. So, my old question. dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a name, is it? It's not. <laughs> no, they just went a little bit. Yeah. They, they've done a, such a good job, and then they threw that one in there, and then it's just... Brings the rest of it down. Pat he's caught. It's quite a good one. <laughs> yeah. There is See, some I'm good glad you come down. Phil McCracken, that's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. What did he ask? I like <laughs> I liked emeroids. Em- that was a good one. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. So my question would be, or Mo Lester's Phil question. Yeah. That's an old one. So that's a, yeah. The Phil ones are easy, isn't they? Phil yeah, Phil, 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 Phil my butt. Yeah. Uh they're quite good. I do like uh, yeah, Willie Fokker. <laughs> Will he Fokker? Yeah. <laughs> See, like you said it wrong the first time because you just said it like normal words. You didn't say it like a name. Will no. my dick fit? <laughs> yeah. What did she ask? Right. So my question would be, and she's just curious. Oh God, this isn't going to be good, is it? Wayne no, Kerr. That's a classic. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. My question is regarding when you say factory teams and you say like, the teams that you've you've ridden for in, in the past few years and the other teams which are out there like it. What would you say? Like, let's try and narrow it down to three areas. What three areas do you think the factory riders have an advantage on over um, the other riders in, in, in the pits on satellite teams? What are three areas which you've had in your career which you think, actually, that's, that's a real fucking big help? Um, no matter how... Yeah, three areas, I know what you're saying. So one's the, tr- the training, like um, being training, having a training mechanic, a, a bike that's the same as your race bike for practicing on, that's huge. And you see that you now any top uh, level team they've always got someone there with a practice bike they've got a, a practice mechanic that's always more difficult on a satellite based team because yeah it's just money in this more money for them to spend out and it's quite easy to overlook that but that's one of the most important things because if you come into a race ready you can sort of wing it for one weekend and you get good results on any bike if your training's going well but it's when that starts falling behind you're struggling with the bike you almost get to a point where you sort of know the bike's not that you know, not that safe because I'm trying to mechanic it or something like that. And then, um, yeah, you start riding flat tracks because you're like, I don't really want to hit those jumps. So it's the, the training mechanics are a big thing. And then just the support you have, the, the confidence, it, everything is sort of one, everything leads into the next. You know, you're training, you feel good, you're happy. Then you go to the races, you're happy. When, um, if things aren't going well, you start moaning and the whole vibe in the team's a bit more negative. You get to the weekend and there's, 
you're sort of talking about problems you've had in a week and you've your chains come off you've you've smashed an engine up because you haven't done the chain up it's almost almost beneficial that they supply you with a practice mechanic because then it works out cheaper in the long run but it's just doing everything right and then yeah obviously the bike overall is a little bit better you get better starts i saw that straight away when i jumped on the krt bike um just having a you know the team that's solely there to go racing and to get results um then their mindset the bike's better so obviously the bike and then it's just everything really it all just sort of clicks together so it's that's how it is but you know you have to when the riders that are on the factory bikes deserve to be on the factory bikes you know when you have injuries it's sort of just you put yourself yeah you put yourself in that position and then it's hard to come back it's not that yeah that's just how it is you know you you, you crash you get injured and then you've always got yeah next year i'll, I'll do that but you sort of put yourself in a bigger hole and you're trying to come back even further than what you was before. So it sort of um, spirals quite quickly, um, which has sort of happened to me. You know, I was with CLS one on the 450, which was a good team. It wasn't a factory team, but it was good. And um, but it wasn't what I needed sort of at that time. And then I went to factory KTM, so I had that opportunity there. And then um, I got injured. Then I was on Dixon and sort of had maybe two bigger expectations. For Steve, he'd done everything he sort of could for me that year, but we had a few bike problems. And then I um, sort of had to, at the end of that sort of year coming into next year, I got my head around how Steve worked a lot. And we worked together a lot better the second two years That's um, cool. because I understood, you know, I see what he was doing and he was making it work. It's not like everything's not just straightforward. So I got along a lot better the second year because I just sort of almost took a step back and understood that, okay, this is how it is now. I've got to just work with what we got and he's working with what he's got. So we was both doing the best we could. And then, um, yeah, then I was on boss this year. So it's, you, you just put yourself in a position that you've got to come back for and almost, it gets harder and harder and harder. But the same with boss, it was, they was trying hard and, um, then things happen, you know, it's not always in your control. Hmm. No, that's cool. It's just, uh, it's just an interesting concept because from being at the races and, and kind of watching riders and, and seeing how some, some do well on, on some teams and some, some don't. But from, from what you're saying is kind of the preparation is key going into a season by making sure the rider's comfortable. He has everything he needs to be able to do the job he wants to do and to keep that familiarity between what you do at practice and the bike that you're riding to what you race yeah, on, that's on, massive. On, on race day. And I, to be honest, I, I didn't understand, you know, from being from on the outside, I didn't understand uh, actually how important that was. Yeah, no, that's... The biggest thing, really. Cool. Are you happy with that answer? Yes, I'm very happy. Yeah, Good. I feel better. Okay. I sleep, sleep I'm, tonight. I'm struggling a bit. Oh, I've, got we... all, I've got all the fan questions in front of me. Yeah. I don't really like any of them. And I've got questions, but I can't really do the fans. Either, oh, can I? this is that. What's, so what's happened now, Tommy? He's in a dilemma. <laughs> yeah, do because a couple of each, then. You've, you've said you've got a limited time. He wants to talk to you for five hours about all his Lewis questions. No, I don't want to be in here. I don't want to hit traffic. He doesn't want to hit fucking traffic, I, Lewis. Well, do the fan questions. It's, it's fine. Four, no, it, do a couple of fan ones. Come on. Come on. I'll stay for a bit. Chop, chop. Colin Dory. Uh, hello. Say hi, Colin. Colin's hi. a good guy. Hello, Colin. Said, first, congratulations on your biggest achievement, little Alfie. Yeah. Now you have stepped away from GPs, what changes would you like to see made to the series? And on a positive note, what changes do you like? Made to GPs? Yeah. Like the series, I guess. I, I don't have a problem with how they run at the minute. Like, it is what it is. Um, yeah, some of the tracks aren't the best, but some are still really good. It's, it is what you got. They're sort of doing their best with the series. It's um, yeah, it'd be nice to have a track like Hawkstone and places like that. I mean, I think as a rider, you always just want the best tracks. You know, the way the, the GPs are run, 
I mean, what can you really change? It's just a race on a Saturday, a couple of races on Sunday. It's just racing bikes. But for us, it's just racing on a nice track, a safe track. That's the main thing. But um, as far as changing stuff, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really see a massive problem. Can I ask a question? Okay. All right. I mean, we've got limited time, but it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's me. We're friends. Yeah. So one question I got is looking at what one track are you going to miss riding in, uh, in the GV calendar? Um, don't know, really. None of them. <laughs> None of them? Um, and what Not one particular track, no. And what track from previous years would you like the, the opportunity to ride again, which you're probably never going to ride again because either it's gone away or they don't ride there? Um, no. You have struck out there, haven't you? Yeah, I was actually thinking that. He would <laughs> like, pop up. Oh, I know why it was always a good track. That's nice. I mean, whether I'm Matchroom's Park, my first GP, that's a good track. Did you actually think that was a decent GP track? Oh, I don't know. I can't really remember, but I remember I used to like practicing it as a kid and that. Because so. when I was going through the photos the other day, yeah. I kind of realized maybe it, it was, was a practice good, track. And I was like, how the hell did they even like, make that happen? Oh, I don't know. I used to like racing. It was a great track. Yeah, good track. But then the GP tracks, I mean, there's one in South Africa, Now Sprout, I think it was. Had hippos in the river next to it. That was quite cool. That's cool. It was cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Most dangerous, most. Um, you wouldn't want to come off there. No. Hippos kill the most humans. Yeah, they're, they're fucking vicious. Yeah, out of any animal in South Africa. Yeah. Just a stack. Well, look at like that, Lewis. Wow. Yeah. Things you That's never the knew. That's true. You wouldn't know that. They he, look friendly. He doesn't know what a hippo is. I got told that fact. Quite surprising. Yeah. Kill more people than lions. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow. They're, they're very dangerous. Because um, I think the reason why is because it's found in the more um, built up areas. Oh, David, David and, Attenborough over it. And they're very protective of their young. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And also little fuckers are underwater. You can't see them. No, and they're like rivers. So if you're just walking down the river, sometimes you can come across a hippo. Yeah, don't like what you're wearing. Do you want to know how your question was bad? He had more to say about hippos in South Africa than actually your question. This is what he, this well, is what he does. It's this just is what facts. I have to work That was with. just facts. That was just facts. Like, no, you but can't just argue, a track's right? a track, isn't yeah. it? Like, you sort of rode yeah. so many tracks. Well, if you ask Lewis, he likes to go to Latvia. Why would you like to go to Latvia? Because they do a nice pizza there. No, Tommy. hotels are nice. You've got good restaurants. You get to stay in a city. That's nice. You don't normally... Yeah, that no, is nice. Like St. John and that, you stay in the middle yeah. of nowhere, he, don't you? He, and you hate life. So if you ask him about a GP... Yeah, but that is a long way. Yeah, track. yeah exactly. Hotel, fucking up. exactly. But still, and I get a lot of uh, speed and, tickets. That's yes, even I did this year. Yeah. Now, if you'd listened to last week's show, which I understand because you don't want to listen to his voice, but I that's imagine the he two drives, like, things. A turtle as well. No, I lost speeding tickets this year. Yeah, but speed limit set real low. Yeah, but drives like fucking Miss Daisy. That's lies. But that was my two things. It's too far away from the fucking city. Yeah, it's an hour drive. I mean, it is. That drive and is you worse than coming to the hotel. It's same as going to the Supercross, isn't it? Like, staying in a city is the best thing ever. Compared to, like, staying in the middle of fucking nowhere, like St. John, where you literally want to just, like, you want food and it's impossible. Yeah, but for me, I don't mind. You just go home and then you just... I don't do much at the race. I just go to the race, go back to the hotel, go to sleep, wake up, go back to the yeah, track. I, I never look around morning, the town. Yeah. yeah, Lewis Lewis is like, so what Lewis would do is he'll get back to the hotel. He don't, can't spend he, much time in a town. He no, just he goes, goes back. He, no, he goes just on goes Tinder. Through, he just, does Tinder. And then after Tinder, he's then like, oh, I'm going to have to pay for it this week. No. Yeah. And then so what? That, so, I can see that. Yeah. So, so then he's like, so he's done Tinder, completed it. Then he's no like, matching. yeah. Then he's I like, he's like no matches. I completed it. No. He completed it in California. Yeah, I completed it. I got, I got a notification saying there's no more people in your area. In California. <laughs> John Booker done that over here. That's why he's gone to California now because there's no more people. He's run out. Yeah. You can set your radius massive. Yeah, I'd like well. 200 miles. 
I was, I was willing to do a round trip. Did you get a match or not? Yeah, a couple, but I just was trying to get the right one. You got two, they did, they did text back. <laughs> so um, Ed used to say that to me. He used to go, oh, Tinder's not very good at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder's shit now. So why? Well, just no matches. Yeah. All right. They're good. Yeah, so uh, that's why Lewis will look at you. He won't look at a track or whatever. Well, no, Lappy is a great. decent He'll track like, as well. Lappy. Whether there's any food he likes, which is a cheeseburger or a margarita pizza. But the cheeseburger's got to come without any salad or any sauce. It's just a burger, a bun, and cheese. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Throw me under the bus like that. Like. It's just a burger and bun. Lappy is a good GP track, isn't it? don't know. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. It's sort of gone downhill a bit lately. But it is good, yeah. Oh, maybe we won't tell him that. But... No, right. I just don't seem I'll to ride make... as good as it once did. Next question. What, since they made it go on. backwards? Uh, no, I was quite happy about backwards, but I don't know. I can't remember. I think I, I crashed there this year, actually. I don't myself. I probably didn't leave a good take. <laughs> Phil Malins or Malins. Yeah, he's my man, man. Yeah, yeah. he's my uh, he's lone still... soldier. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah, he's actually put hashtag sell soldier. Yeah, he is my man. Basically, what do you think of the age rule in MX2 and had it not been there, would you have stayed in MX2 longer and would you have ever gone back to MX2 and basically all that kind of fun stuff? Nah, people say that, but... I was ready to go MX1 anyway, so I'd have always gone up and I'd have never gone back, I doubt it, so it wouldn't really have made much difference to me. You were feeling confident about MX1, weren't you? Because I remember a headline yeah, on Moto yeah. Magazine saying Caroli's got it coming or something. I don't know if I'd have said that. Yeah, because I, like I, I remember you putting an Instagram yeah, up saying... If you think about it, who hold was, up, who let was me finish the story. Then, let me finish the story. You yes, would have what? said something and it would have got escalated. Let yeah. me, can I finish the story? Yeah. So before his first year in MX1, that, came, that magazine came out. Obviously, I was still buying magazines at that time. Yeah. And it had that headline on it. And then I remember the next day, you put out a Facebook or something, basically Damn telling what? them that you'd never said that in your life. Yeah, see, that's and, what I thought. Yeah. I'd known myself. Wouldn't have come out with Front that. Front cover but, of um, a magazine as well. It was literally something like, Karoli doesn't know what's coming or No, something. I wouldn't have said that. But I was confident, yeah, when I went to MX1. Um, and I was fast as well. So the first couple of years, well, I can still put a lap in now, but first couple of years I was fast I wouldn't have gone back to MX2 I always thought I could I mean I know I haven't done that great in the class but I always had the potential to do it and the mindset that I was going to do it and um, yeah just things cropped up I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from I was at Cheddar last week oh god I put in two fast laps and thought yeah. you know, I feel like I was back on the 80, 80cc like Kazaki really 1987 yeah felt real good felt good about myself you know thinking back got to lap three fuck me I just came in. It was too much. All got on top of you. It all got on top of me, mate. Yeah, I just went and joined it. So um, I came in. But yeah, two laps. Two laps. I can good. see. What? Bike in the van? Oh, no, no. I just had to have a couple of sessions. I had to sit in, the, sit in the truck. I had to check my pulse. Is Cheddar actually good? I see um, videos of Comrade riding around there. He looks like well, a legend around there. This is the, uh, <laughs> this is the other thing as well. Is, you know, you're in the center of the universe, and then there's also a great track. Uh, near the center. Oh, the it's universe. near here. Yes, yeah, just twenty minutes. Yeah, but it actually is a good track. Isn't yeah, it? it's a good track. Yeah, quite fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're not going to beat a local guy around here, buddy. No, no. You, uh, to be honest, when you come down next, I'll lend you a bike if you want. It'll be well, a red if I'm one. Driving this far again, I'd want to ride. Well, just get a train <clears throat> or just a hotel, yeah. so you can like make a trip of it. Yeah, we'll go out and do some couple. No, we're going to stay down this way. No, yeah. no, we ain't got any hotels down there anyway. You have to bring a tent. Right, next question. Oh, okay, sorry. Yep. Sorry, I wasn't on top of that. You just kind of took it away from it. Make it by yourself. Never mind. Um, <laughs> 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 Someone called Geert Kleifauft, 84. You're not even saying it right. I Who? think he's trying to do those names. Like no, because no, yeah. it's a Dutch guy. He's got 84 as his, 
in his thing. Oh, I guess okay, he's yeah. a Hurlins fan. Yeah, but what's his name? Geert Clive Geert, probably. No, it's, it's got an F on the end. Oh, no, no, it's a Geert. It's not an F. Geert, like Yago Geert. Yeah, Geert Clive Half, 84, wants to know what, why you're riding with number 100. The reason why I actually ride with that number is because Josh when Hansen. I come back to, um, no, not Josh Hanson, but when I come back to uh, CLS, JJ, Jean-Jacques Lucetti, um, Max Sancy was 99, he was on the team. Jean-Jacques Lucetti, I didn't have a number. He said, because I think I was number 19 the year before. First year in America, one, two, three. You wouldn't know this, but Lewis would. <laughs> no, I remember that. Second year is number yeah. 19, because that was the number I earned. From the season. Well and done. Then, uh, it's a decent number to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's quite good. hard to get that number It's 19. pretty good, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's why I just let drop it in. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then he said, what number do you want to be? I says, no, nah, I'm not really bothered. And he says, well, if you wouldn't mind, run number 100 because it looked good, 99 and 100 in the team. And um, his, a friend of his son raced number 100 and he died. Um, so don't make any funny jokes before you <laughs> pipe up. No. Um, no, not. Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> you was just sniggering like, no, Sapphire over there. Honestly, anything to do with... No, so I just had to put that in there. No, anything with death is Lewis's department. <laughs> so he says, can you be that number? It'd mean a lot to him. And um, so I did. And then I just stayed with it. That's I guess that, um, right? Townley was 101 as well, wasn't it? So you fit. Well, yeah. When I was actually number 101, I liked that number because Carmichael used it at Destinations. Yeah, that's what... There's a rider looking for a number at the moment. And I sent him a photo of Carmichael, number 101. And I said, this is the sickest number ever. Yeah, who's that rider, Max Anstey? No. That's obviously no, a little not. panicked. Look at his face, look at his face. Why does he look so panicked? It's me. Oh, so look at the sweat on his forehead. <laughs> He's sweating. He's sweating. Yeah. No, it's... Jesus it's Christ. Yeah. It's what? It's Hurlins. He wants a new number. We just changed it up. That's what we did after the interview. Yeah, right. carry on. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Come on, fuck face. So that's why I'm number 100. I'm fucking rattled now. Good state of it. <laughs> At Cole, Coldy Boy, Boise. Oh, for yeah. fuck. Ed, stop with these names. What now. the hell's he got what, in front of him? Wants to know if you're racing the first GP of Matley, and I want to know that too, to be fair. So. Um, the plan is to race it. I think um, the team's happy to me to race it. I'd like to do it. And um, so the plan is to do it. So if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling terrible at the time for some reason, like I've stubbed my toe or something, then I'm not going to I'm not gonna do chip, it. Chip I'm only going to do it if I feel good. But I should feel good. Normally do at that point. You're quite confident, isn't it, before the first round? And it <laughs> sort of goes downhill after that. Yeah. It's all about April. <laughs> March yeah, and I mean. April this after is... that, everybody's bored. Yeah, I should be brand new at that point. Look at Hawkstone International. Everybody goes to Hawkstone International yeah. and then doesn't go for the rest. They don't go for the rest of the year for the British Championship. I doubt you'll do Hawkstone, though, will you? Yeah, that is my plan. Really? Dave never does it. I don't think there's ever been a bill-based rider at Hawkstone. Dave don't do GPs either. That's true. Play by your own rules. Mm. Actually, I've got a question. Off the back of that. I think we found out who the real boss is. Yeah. Do you want to get another name? No, I've got one. I've got one. So oh, is this Matley, a Lewis Philip? No, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a me. Lewis. Can so you, you do it? The Lewis 12-year-old who was in short shorts. So if you do Matterley, oh, yeah. and you I'm bash out, I already know the question. You're you bash ask. out like an 8-8 or something. I don't think you should like, talk about bashing out. And you're like, fuck me, this is all right. So would, you try and, would you try and push it a little bit and like get to quite a few? No, not really. Okay. I mean, I would like to do a couple, but it's... I mean, if I get an 8-8, I wouldn't be that thinking I need to race that's a decent know, start though isn't it yeah it is but I got a 7th last year didn't I and I didn't feel I was quite happy with that to be fair that, really. was, I mean, that was a good result it wouldn't well I've signed to do I've signed what I've signed didn't I yeah. I can't just oh, yeah, I guess you're doing I mean, it's sort as well, of, you? everyone they have sponsors we're all set on what we're going to race so we're yeah. going to race it and I'm happy about that well yeah. that is a shame I might do another one maybe throughout the season good track Lommel yeah to be fair Lommel's that is my favourite 
track, but I don't know. You have to see how we're getting on at that point in the year. So I'll see. Okay. I love it. Cool. I could tell it was your favourite, by the way. You did like two laps this year. No, oh, oh, I don't. Oh, I was really see, that's bad what I mean. That that's what he's what? like. Yeah, just a little bit. No yeah, exactly. It's, that's my um thing because I did the same to Mitch because he randomly decided that he was injured for Lommel and that was the only. No, race I was he actually really injured for that race. I don't. Oh, that was your ribs, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my ribs and my shoulder. I hurt my shoulder and all. I think I just couldn't even ride around a track. You just seen me, just stated me on the first couple of laps. I literally done first practice and I just. I think I was 25 seconds off and I tried to do fast laps as well. There was not a chance you were airing out that double <coughs> back onto the start straight. No way. <laughs> felt horrendous at that point. That was the sort of lowest I've ever been in my career, those f- three weeks when I signed for KRT, pretty much. And I was injured. Wound me up a lot. So just that little dig brought it back then. I feel quite sad now. Yeah. To be fair though, just no need to be fair, I was interviewing you every week and hyping the fuck out of you. Yeah, well, that's what sort of was but the problem. But he doesn't hear that because... What? No, I did. I, I, interview, I was stood in front of him. Yeah, no, I do. Him? I felt that was the problem. I just got injured and then it cut long will come and it's just a wind up. Yeah, because like, even Lockett, you were injured, weren't you? And you still... Yeah, the, like, whole, race. the whole KLT experience wasn't... Well, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that great. Like, I wasn't really that chuffed on it because of how I felt. Yeah. Andy Mack. Uh, hi, 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 Andy. Once says, Andy. as our number one British rider, figured that'd make you feel good after yeah, that. That's yeah. good. Oh, hey. oh. <laughs> Has he actually put that? Yeah, yeah. That's a good man. As our number one British rider for. Oh, <laughs> hold up. I didn't read oh, the rest of no. it. Oh, <laughs> no. Just stop. This is exactly just what stop. it does to me. This is no, what it does to me. I didn't read me. the rest of it. As our number one British rider for so long. Oh, okay. Yeah. Enough, that doesn't yeah, that could still be now. Yeah, um, yeah. Who does he think is our, be- is our next best hope of getting a world championship? Ben can do it next year, can't he? Yeah, I'd like. I'd like Ben to do it. Anyone. I'd like, Comrade has so much talent and it's a shame that, I mean, it's not gone where it should have gone so far, but he still has the, he's still really young and he still has the potential to do it. So hopefully Comrade can or Ben can. And then you've got young riders as well um, coming up. I don't know how good they actually are. Well, I don't pay that much attention <laughs> to um, the youth class as much as I maybe should, but Ben and Comrade are sort of right now are our main hopes, I would imagine. So do you want to know uh, Lewis's philosophy? What? What's my philosophy? But they're both very good riders. Like how Ben's riding this year, I thought he would have fought for the championship. And then Comrade, when I practiced with him like at the beginning of the year, I thought, yeah, he could win, which he could win. But he sort of struggles. So Lewis's uh, mindset, philosophy on riders. So basically any British rider, mm. what is not in, can win a race in MX2 by 15, that they should just... Hold up, no, that's not what I said at all. No, fuck he off. Fucking did. No, what I said I was... I think he would right? say something like no, that. I said, yeah. I said, if you're knocking around in the MXY2 class in the British Championship and you're 19... Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, fuck it, like, and putting out Facebook statuses like, oh yeah, bit of bad luck this week, feeling good though, bring on next week. Like, you're not doing anything. That's Every, what I've been doing everyone, for the last four years. <laughs> everyone was winning GPs by the time they're 19. So if you're going to be a world champion, you've got to be there. No, not everyone. Well, close enough. <clears throat> Some well, people are no, late but, bloomers, aren't they? Yeah, but still, if you're in the exactly MX, what I said, if you're, if you're in the MXY2 class in Britain, you ain't fucking bloom into MX2 within like four years. No, you're a struggle, but I mean, it can <laughs> be done. I think so. Yeah, it can but be done. People do develop quicker than others. Because like, yeah. you're not even on the European team's radars. No, so it, you will struggle at that point, but yeah. I, I mean... You uh, will struggle equal... Joel Smets didn't start class. riding to her 17, so yeah, that's... And this is my philosophy as well, because I'm riding the Southwest Masters next year. I think your time sort of up, really. I also feel like we've heard a lot about you, maybe more than Tommy today. All right, next question. Thank you. CMH MX Holidays. Oh, oh, you know there what? You go. I know. Oh, That's yeah. What's this then? Pretty smart, isn't it? To put a question in, get yeah. a free plug. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what does CMH stand for, uh, Lewis? California Motorcycle Holidays. Yeah. Why did you ask me that? 
Do you think I wouldn't oh, know? I know, him? my no. friend Mick. It's Mick. We know oh. Mick. He's a good yeah. guy. I stayed at the house. Callie Mick. Yeah, there we go. So back in what what year did you go out to, to California? That was uh sixteen. He yeah. fell out with me because I we put his heating on and we put an ice ice pack on his um uh, thermostat because he wouldn't turn it up for us when we stayed there. So, so we put an ice pack on his thermostat, used all his gas. He really got upset. He didn't Did talk to me for a couple of years. Now he, I see what his question is to see if he likes me. No, it's yeah. actually it's talk about your supercross experience in the USA. Yeah, he was like my man at my supercross, so he wants to mention. This. He yeah. said you were capable. You were capable of podiums and maybe even a oh, main event win. He does still like me. Yeah, number nineteen as well. What a fucking number. Yeah, it was good. My whole supercross experience. Could have been a lot better than it was. I actually was quite fast. You sound that, surprised at that. No, yeah, it was good. Was like it's not easy to go out there and do that. And I was when I look back at my um I didn't finish many races because I got injured, but my speed, my times, Anaheim won, and how I did it as well, because I went out there at I think eighteen when I moved there or nineteen. And then I'd done a year outdoors, which I think was the, a good decision. Then I raced supercross. KTM at that point had sort of folded everything, um, tried to stop the whole race team. But we had a contract, so we ended up continuing. But they downscaled everything, so it went from MDK to sort of an in-house factory KTM effort, but it was very small. Um, so we had like last year's test track that I don't think got rebuilt. I had no teammates because Alessi was on the team, but he wasn't racing. Um, he wasn't racing Supercross. He sort of had a separate deal when it was that Jägermeister team. Yeah. So it was just me. KTM sort of ran a team for me, which was FMF KTM. Um, I think was the, the title sponsor. We had a small team, quite a good, I think there was only like four people in the team, but it was good. But we, it was just me at the test track. So I sort of, you didn't have milestone and stuff like that back then. I was just riding the test track every day. And then I went to the Anaheim one um, and done good. I think I got eighth or seventh in my first ever race. I remember like the first two rounds, didn't you do like either seventh, eighth or eighth, ninth? It was yeah, like two really seventh, similar eighth. results. So they were both pretty good. Coming in, when you look at the, like I looked a couple of weeks ago, and now my times were good. I felt good. And then I just crashed in a... Um, I fell in a turn at Anaheim 2 and hurt my shoulder. And I, I'd done the nerves in my shoulder. So it sort of put my, that was it really. But I was actually quite fast. It was good. I liked the whole experience. I liked racing Supercross. Enjoyed it. And um, yeah, I was actually planning on doing it the following year. But then, yeah, things happened. Um, I've got a question. Okay. Shocker. Yeah. When you came back, obviously, at the end of 2010, yeah. did you actually have interest from American teams? Because like you say, um, yeah, you did, did decent yeah. in Supercross and you got second in the first motor hangtown, didn't you? Yeah, no, See, I did. Uh, but I think um, I, uh, yeah, so I come <laughs> that year, I raced Supercross, and then I was going to come back because you have the break from the East Coast to West Coast. My shoulder started feeling a bit better. And then they, KTM said, okay, you want me to focus on outdoors. So then, no problem. I focused on outdoors. I got second in the first race. It's a poor sale. He passed me with like three corners to go. And then, uh, then I fell on that same shoulder. And with it being nerve injury, it was quite bad. And then it, it put it back to square one again. I couldn't lift it up for. For weeks, so I had to, um, yeah, sit out again. So just a little bit, two silly little crashes. My gear lever was actually stuck in when I crashed, so that sort of caused me to crash. Just an excuse, I'll put that in. Yeah. But then, yeah, I think I had a deal from, my manager was, at the time, was sorting it out, but I think Geico offered me a deal, but it wasn't a paid ride. It was sort of just, we'll, we'll supply you, like, you can write, you're on the team, but there wasn't money. And, um, but then when I came back to, ride for CLS the deal was I was going to ride Supercross for Pro Circuit oh yeah I remember that yeah. That, but then I came back to England and um, I broke my foot riding the BMX so then <laughs> that was a bad bad moment as well and then uh, so I come back to stay with Ed and I, I, we went to ride to BMX trails and I just 
looped out and broke my foot. And then, um, so I, I went back like two weeks before Anaheim one was about to start, rode with um, Tortelli and tried to get, and then about, I'd done like five days and I just thought it's not going to work. Like I'm, I need to either focus on it, nationals or not nationals, but GPs, because that's what I was going to race. And I was going to do pro circuit CLS, um, as it was all linked back then. Race pro circuit for Supercross and then go back to GPs race for CLS. Um, but then I just made the decision that I'm just going to focus on GPs because my foot was too bad to sort of ride at that point. Soon as you had um, like the pro circuit Supercross thing lined up, does that mean when you came back to GPs, you weren't planning to be here forever? Yeah. Or did no. you think it was like kind of... Yeah, it was sort of a step. At that point, it was going to be, if I'd done well in Supercross, I would have tried to go back to America. Well, but then with, it, me. with the way it happened, I didn't race Supercross. So then I came back and I was enjoying it. So I just carried on. So one, one of the things which uh, I wanted to say about it was, I remember Ed telling me a story that, were you guys literally 18 years old or something mm. when you it's landed mad, in America? Really what we done. But two of you, literally 18 years old, just landed in America. You well, had, he was 17, I was 18. But you had no car or anything. You didn't have anything, you just had... No, my management had sorted out a truck, so I literally got picked up, went to this truck. Just a, a really nice one, a Toyota at the time. It was pretty cool. Because over back here, I just had an old naffed out van that Ed's dad had given me. Yeah. And... um. <laughs> So then, wonder uh, why yeah why, I why would trust well, you yeah and i bought a new truck it just had everything on it and it was just waiting for me and i was like yeah this is nice i've made it no not made it but i thought this is nice yeah better in my van yeah what happened to that truck did that have any other no, the truck i just did, looked did, after that well did, did you yeah and did then it have I any issues stopped. or anything because i heard some stories about that as well oh uh, yeah I, we had a lot of issues out in america yeah well you're gonna and you're just young a lot of lot of not problems but just like ran into issues this, what one you on about when he curbed it? <laughs> Not curbed it. I was on like the petrol. Was it a petrol station? Oh, yeah. Well, once he curbed the... it on the way back from the track, and we had a massive fallout. He said it was my fault because I didn't turn the radio off or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wrecked the wheel completely. Right. But anyway, that was a big fallout. I don't think we spoke for a while. What was that days. like? A couple of days? And, and you then, were living um, together as well? Yeah. yeah, and then the fuel pump. Oh, I just drove off with the fuel because out there you can... You don't have to hold it on. You can just clip it up, hard work in it, holding it on. Yeah. For Americans and that. So, yeah. They, so, you um, just got in the whole American theme, just. Yeah, you just sort of clip it in and you just have, eat a burger on the back of the truck whilst yeah. that's just filling up. Cool. Because, yeah, it's just hard in it, holding it on. Yeah. For like, I don't know, two, three minutes. Yeah. Waste of time. Yeah. Anyway. And then what happened? And then I just obviously got sidetracked and then I just drove out, drove off and With just it ripped, still the in the truck? Off the, ripped the pump down. <laughs> what? Good times. I think we'd actually gone into, I think we'd, whilst it was filling up, we went to get a Del Taco. Uh, okay. And then it, I think Ed was in Del Taco or something, <laughs> waving at me or something. And I was just <laughs> laughing and I just drove straight off into it, like just was smiling. Like, yeah, hey. all right, yeah. Yeah, and then it just, yeah, everything just come down. Yeah. <laughs> and now I just walked in and I says, oh, I've had a problem. Yeah. Pump's gone down. They says, damn, it happens all the time. America that, happens yeah, that all the time. Yeah, didn't have to pay anything. That's cool. I paid for my fuel, that was all. Yeah, was there much uh, like damage to the truck or? No, barely nothing. Oh, that's right. Like that. So that must have been kind of... The whole America thing was really good. Yeah. Like, when I look back, now I could have stayed and maybe won a world championship, but I would obviously have changed that. If I could have a world championship now, then I'd say, yeah, I'll sacrifice that and then go later. But it was good. But Maybe we was a little bit too young, too naive to be out there. But that, that experience either. must have molded you for the rest of your life. Yeah, it was. If you look at 18-year-old kids now and you said, 
you're going to send him to America on his own. He's going to ride for a team. You'd go, no way. Like, not how we'd done it because we just, we didn't live with anyone. I just went, bought a house, moved in a house. You had all the bills coming in, people coming around. We're painting a house. We just, I just done it all on my own. There was no one there to help me at all. Mum and dad obviously stayed because I've got brothers, sisters. They come and visited, but we was just out there doing it, making it happen. Can you imagine if that was like, if we had like social media and access to videos and all that shit? It didn't shit even now? have Instagram then. But could you imagine it, the TV show of you two just landed in America? Yeah, it would have been so good. It would have been funny. But then we were almost too young to do like cool, no, you're doing cool stuff, but it was just more like we were kids living in America. Yeah. Nah, cool. We'd like, well, I'm sure Lewis would love to talk about stuff like that instead. I reckon he's got another results. question now. Uh, oh I no, we've just bored him question. shitless, mate. To actually talk no, about real life experiences, no, I was just, he's like, I was just trying to. I was just thinking about a Geico thing. Okay, I was trying to picture it. He was just thinking what he was doing at eighteen, just sat in his room in his pajamas. <laughs> I try. I can't pulling the head off. I think um absolutely going blind. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a fan question? Why not? Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean Bass said, hi, please ask... Real name, Sean yeah. Bass. He's put, hi, please ask our Tommy who he feels are his top three competitors in Britain next year. Mr. Bass. I just thought it was funny because he put, hi, and our Tommy. That's he's how he he's taking me yeah. in, yeah. mate. Yeah, you're already in the club, mate. We're like, British. He took me in. Yeah. It's so nice. who's, your, who's your top three? Simpson. Hmm. Uh, Bobby's racing it again. Yeah. It's, quite, it's not yeah. like a top three. There's like five good people. Yeah. And you've got Van Donick now. Van Donick, uh, Jake Nichols. Yeah. You'll obviously be good. Elliot. Yeah. There's just, there's a few good riders. The British Championship's going to be good. It's not really three. I guess Sean Simpson is my, the main one. Like anytime, well, the two years I've won it, he's been really close. So I guess my main rival is Sean Simpson. If Max Anstey would have done it, I'd have said Sean and Max. And then I guess the third, I said Jake Nichols. I think Jake would be good. What, better than Bobby? Just more consistent, I think. Yeah. Jake's consistent. It works hard. But Bobby's saying Bobby would be fast. But Jake's got a better bike, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a paid, paid ad, that. Um, I've got a question. I've forgotten it, though. Oh, yeah, brilliant. You're really fucking Oh, yeah, good at I've this. got a question. Do you reckon it will help you next year, like, be an advantage over Simpson that you're not doing GPs, like, travelling? Uh, yeah, I do. For racing in England, I think it's a big advantage. Because it's not like I need to race with... It's not like I'm young and I'm a, I've never raced GPs. I sort of know how to go fast. And, um, I mean, hopefully I stay healthy, but racing the full GP season and being on form... Uh, British is quite difficult when you're away. Not when I'm racing Sean every week, it's the same. We're both in the same position, so it's no problem. But I think you saw when Jake stepped back and he raced in England, he improved and um, he was solid, especially when we all, a lot of us were injured. He was solid, he just knocked off the results, and you can build up your confidence. And I think it is a benefit, yeah. I think um, that the whole traveling part of GPs <clears throat> is so underestimated, literally, because you spend so much time in security queues in uh, waiting around in airports and it's just yeah, it's a travel. We can do so much more training. You think, oh, GP guys, but we have a good, we have a big off season, but then after that, it's difficult to keep up like um, the fitness. You don't do half as much training as what you would if you was at home because when you go to Argentina, you lose a week. All you're doing is um, recovery stuff. Then you fly back. You know, you can put so much more um, sort of, you can just keep improving. I feel throughout the season if you're just racing in England. Whereas the GPs, you do improve throughout the season, but your fitness definitely doesn't because 
it's it's quite a struggle. You get sick traveling and you're just messing about doing sort of things you don't want to do through airports, getting up. British, you don't have to do that. You just sort of do the work you want to do. So you kind of got Bobby who's going to be doing GPs. You've got Sean who's not only going to be doing GPs, but he's going to have all the stress of running his own team. Yeah, it's going and to be difficult, but it's, it's going to be tough for those guys next year. Yeah, but it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, they're still going to be fast come the race because it's what we do, race bikes. So I have no doubt they're still going to be fast, but yeah, answering your question, I think it is beneficial. Uh, one thing we should say is congrats on the, the new arrival yeah. to you and Safe. Did that play a part in your decision next year about being home more? In, in, uh, I've, I've been a dad who's kind of worked quite a lot and I've kind of missed parts of my kids growing up over the years. Is that something what played a bit in, into your mind about not being there with the family? Maybe a little bit, but I think, um, I mean, if anything, Soph was more like, oh, if you can race GPs, because there was at one point there was a thing with Kawasaki that maybe if a rider got injured, I could step into like KRT, similar to what I did this year. Probably going to happen again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> De- very negative, isn't he? Yeah. The right. I think to, I have to deal with has, that every week. He has nothing else to bring to the table other than negative comments. <laughs> no, he has not. literally has nothing else. So fucking, I'm a realist. Because like, right now, he's got the floor right now. We could change the conversation around to talking about some race some year and he'd be out. And he knows that. He lives in fear of that. He knows he's like a split second away from me and shut out this Wait, conversation. what was the question again? I was answering, I forgot it. <laughs> Wait, well, just talking oh, about, about the yeah, decision so this year. Yeah, so Sophie's almost saying she likes going to GPs and that. So she was almost more pushing the GPs. Maybe she wanted me away out the house and that. Yeah, I didn't want to. Yeah, interesting. But I wouldn't blame her for it, but yeah. It was sort of my she decision. She does say that. your hard work. Yeah, but... She said the baby's actually easier than you. Yeah, so... no, not surprising. Yeah. I am quite That was negative work. again, wasn't it? Yeah, negative. But... Fucking hell, what's wrong um, with both of you now? <laughs> but no, it's, it's sort of maybe it played a decision, but it's just the way the cards were dealt and um, opportunities that I had. I chose the best one that fitted the situation. And um, also, oh. how, how is your dog accepted? Uh, the- With the baby? Yeah. Yeah, he's good, actually. Yeah? Better than I thought. But he doesn't really pay much attention. But, I mean, the baby's not really doing much from the pay attention to. It's just a baby. Yeah, it's Archie's a baby. dog. Alfie. Alfie. Um, Alfie and Archie. Alfie and Archie. You can get the names. No, no, Archie's easy. a dog. Yeah, Archie's yeah, a dog. Archie, yeah, that's what I was on about. How's Archie taking... Yeah, so I was, I was on about that as well. Yeah, but I said Archie and then you said Alfie and then I got confused. Yeah, because I was talking about the baby. Oh, I was talking about the dog. You should actually no, but pretty, I was um... talking. You said how is Archie with Alfie? So I was just answering yeah, the question. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you should yeah. actually feel pretty special because when Simpson had his kid, James came on a podcast and said, "Oh, and we should say congrats to Sean and Rachel on the birth of Arnold." <laughs> and I had to explain that the name's name's Arangus. That's what happens. Is just fucking, <laughs> yeah, that's an I'm easy mistake. As well. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Tommy. That's an easy mistake. But he, I don't... Yeah, he didn't remember the name. So the dog's good with him. Archie's good. Don't, Archie don't really do much. He's just chill. Cool. Nice. Well, it's good. Glad to hear that everything's fine at home. Thank you. I think I'm done with fan questions. You, should we just go no, back to Lewis? Is there any good ones? There is. He just wants to talk no, about himself. Well, there's one here. Okay, this is a bit in-depth, I reckon. I can't even read it. Yeah, so I don't long. really like... Go on. <laughs> just, just a short version well I don't know what it is. Uh, Masters MX 2013 said do you look at the guys coming up from MX2 and wonder if the logic of trying a guy who did nothing at all is better bet than a proven rider who has delivered results no I can't even follow that so basically we, he's basically saying if no one's got any results is he better than the person that's got results yeah basically like signing basically kind of like Honda signing Mitch Evans who has oh. done MXGP well um, I don't think it's like that level but yeah, but he's done a bit, yeah, Mitch Evans, so you can't just bit out of order what you said. Well, yeah. no, I was just looking for an example. He's like that. Oh, 
Yeah, he's, he's not, a lot. Mitch actually, Wait, listens, so to, Mitch actually listens to this. So. so why would you slate him? Yeah, because it wasn't. I was just using an example of someone who's like got an MXGP ride without like facing MXGP before. That's hard. No, no, you slated him. Yeah, oh. I wouldn't. I'm just going to message him on WhatsApp now and just say Lewis is a bit of a yeah. That's a bit. Not... That was really negative. No, because yeah. actually in Paris he said that oh. he was impressed with my interviews. So we, we like won't be impressed with that. <laughs> <really. laughs> but this isn't an interview, so I'm sure he'll still be impressed by the interviews. Um, but I, I don't know. Random question, but not really. No, if the ride is good in MX2, I mean it's hard to say. Someone like Febra didn't do that much in MX2, and then he came to MXGP and he won his first year. But he also was fast in MX2. I remember watching in Thailand once he was racing Jeffrey, or not racing, but he was hanging on to the back of him for a long time. And you can look at someone that has that sort of grit. I mean, like Jacoby, he's sort of he's not one in MX2, but he's he has a go. Do you know what I mean? I think some teams look at the people. Likes a punch. What's that? Yeah, he's a good fighter. Yeah, likes a punch. But um, that's maybe what they look at. He's going to have a go at. He's not scared, so let's take a chance. You notice that he's got no teammates this year. Oh, yeah, he's got two fifty one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not off. Like, so he has got teammates. So. They're like, yeah, we're not doing this again. They, they learn, see? Smart team. Clever people. Yeah. The other fan questions here uh, about your amateur career and whether you'd ever consider going back to America. Do you want either of those? Um, yeah. My amateur career was just like normal. Just I won. I was quite good. Just I'll talk you through it from the beginning if you want. Let's go. So I got a bike for Christmas, rode it around the garden, had a figure of eight track. Then me and my brother... Uh, crossed to the middle and had a crash and we figured that and then we just changed the track layout to a more of an o- uh, overall yeah um, then we went to the track done a race and then kept racing went through the classes I used to win at club level raced, raced nationals then I started winning nationals and then um, we just went as a family every week just raced 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 and then um, that was it really I used to win a lot won a couple of British championships didn't win the one two five British Championship because I broke my wrist on a BMX, and then um, then I went to Molson Kawasaki under twenty ones, raced that mighty Marshfield just up the road. No, I didn't ever race that. No, I said Marshfield team. Ma- yeah, Molson. Yeah. <laughs> literally, I I literally was so lost about what you were talking about then. Just say that because it's the near teams here. just up the road. Yeah, it's yeah, here near. Just Very call good it team. Molson Kawasaki. It's what every, like, there's so many people listening to this who are just, you've just lost them. What, they don't know the Marshfield Mafia? I think they know what Molson Kawasaki is. Jesus Christ. Right, come on, next. Um, so then I just raced the under-21s, then done my first GP at 15, and then I just raced GP since then. Went to America for a couple of years. Come back. So you don't, even need, to, you don't even need to come in again now, mate. No, but would I go back to America? Uh, no, not now. I'd like to do a couple of races, but I'm 30 now, so. Can we come? I'm sort of boat sailed, over. really. What's can we, that? Can we yeah, come? come. If I do a race, maybe you could sort of follow the national. Well, if he, Lewis gets time off. I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie. That'd I'm, be quite I good. I may already um, have like plans in the works, but if he does a national, we're going to video it. I'm not yeah, told that's what I do. I quite this, like yeah. the whole... Um, like airport, everything, like getting like the whole, not just a race. Yeah, I'd like to do that as well. I think it'd be good. Okay, I've got a camera. And then if I do really bad, we just forget we have a video or anything. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just delete. go for a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I think that's the end of fan questions. Okay. okay. Uh, those, one, those ones were from <coughs> Alex640 at Racer998. What people? Oh, nice. We've right. got um, normal questions, but I don't think Tommy really wants to talk about that. Oh, of course he does. He fucking loves it. 
Come on. I, I definitely can ask. No, no. Come well, on, come I, on. I can ask Tommy questions. No, let's do those questions because Tommy can chip in. What do, you mean, no, what do you mean normal questions? Like just about racing in general. Not about yourself. Like general fan Anyone questions. Again, he's just been, he's just yeah, but been do, a... do you want to? Just do a couple yeah, and I'll on. give my opinion. Um, yeah. Alex Panda 37 said, how long until there are no natural tracks on the MXGP calendar? And this is yeah, stupid. I don't really want to answer that question. Well, like, do you reckon St. John was just a field that was no, just like I could see you just with a jump? Randling on about nothing for these questions. <laughs> exactly, that's it what it is. doesn't need to be answered. Yeah. See if there's any others for but you. There's never, there's always going to be natural tracks yeah, somewhere about. And the, and the whole thing with MXGP is they know that they have to try things differently. They have to keep evolving this series. And this isn't a, a Ustream defense. There's actually quite a lot. Of, there is still quite a lot of natural tracks. Yes, yeah, so there's more of those than there are road race places. And that yeah. There's only like five. When you look at it, there's 20 rounds. There's like five man-made tracks. Well, this year it was nice to see a greater back. Uh, it was back last year and the year before that, but fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I like, Tommy, is that it's nice to bring those tracks Good back. Yeah. I went for the first time this year. I liked it. Yeah, good input. Yeah. You actually came in there and really thought you were making such a valid point as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I bring you're... to the show. Obviously, Tommy, you've not probably heard this show before, but that's, oh, no, I that's I the do quality I bring. Not often. I listened once. Yeah. And then I've listened to snippets. Yeah. Sort of so, scan through. Yeah. I don't listen to any podcasts. Yeah, though. you should try a Guida, mate. It's good. I've raced it. Yeah. I'd it's all right. if you just said that. Right. Yeah, uh, next question. I think we're scrapping the fan questions. No, no, no next one. I'll oh, go on, carry on. Yeah, yeah oh, we're enjoying um, this. Just keep them short. Well, yeah. there's one guy, Reese Hardy 9, yeah. what, what says, how does MX Vice make any money? Oh, no. Oh. Question is, we don't. Drugs. That's why Tommy's here. He's bought his World Championship medals because yeah. we're going to eBay them. What we realize, no World Championship When medals. we done the British... Oh, you get a silver medal? Uh, yeah, I've got some silver ones. I don't even know where they are. When we done the British Championship, we couldn't actually export any drugs. So when we went to MXGP, we realized we could fill Lewis's bag up with a load of cocaine, get there, sell it, and then obviously get a load from Mexicans while we're there, yeah. bring it back, and then that's how we've managed to, to do it over the last couple of years. Lewis, I mean, look at Lewis. No one's, no one's going to think he's drug smuggling. Ever. I am, ever. actually. True story. So if Heathrow nope. or Gatwick are listening to this, anybody in security... Um, then Lewis has never, ever been strip-searched in his life. True story. Um, I drove to Lockett the other year. I got pulled over by the police on the way back, and I got searched for drugs. Okay. What? Did they not find them? They didn't, no. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> uh, MX Vice makes money from... Um, we do quite a few things, actually, now to make money. Oh, look, now he's interested, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> make loads of money. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I am rich. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares, James. <laughs> All right, on. fucking next question. Actually, this is a decent one. George Hopkins says, who are your top five picks for A1 at the moment? Uh, oh, these questions are a bit shit. Yeah, well, you can chip in one out, can't you? Yeah. Poor, poor George, he's probably a big Tommy fan. Robson, <laughs> Tomac. What about Malcolm Stewart? Malcolm. Yeah. I'm picking Malcolm. Oh, Cooper Webb. This isn't in any order. No, I've, just, I've guessed that. This is just yeah. the big names. Marvin and Dean Wilson, if he can make it. Just chuck him in there. Do, do we know way. how Dean's doing? Do you yeah, have an I update? do. He FaceTimes me a lot. Most days, I think I'm like his only friend. Oh, okay. <laughs> How is he? He's all right. Yeah, he's yeah. Just, I don't know if he's walking. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, doing the same sort of stuff. Giving out who's firing us, left, right, and center. Yeah, give a bike away. But he's deleted Instagram, hasn't he? Yeah, what, yeah what's it's that like, about? It's been gone for like a month now. Yeah, well. but I don't think anyone really noticed. He sort of done a promotion, didn't he, last time? Like, I'm deleting this. Uh, okay. Everyone sort of got to say goodbye and that. And don't do it. And he done it. So he's just trying to get his Now he's sort of just gone. Up. And then um, didn't have the same effect. But he's sort of, I don't know why he's done it, because probably give him something to do. Yeah. I, had it still. 
My wife tries to delete my Instagram. What happened? Uh, I've got another one. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't prepared for you to ask him that. He didn't have a follow up to that joke. I didn't have to. <laughs> that way, you've got no followers still. Yeah, I ain't got any fucking followers. Yeah. Because what? You have to keep making new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at AO Cortez Zero asked what bend of handlebars Hurlins runs, and I actually no, did some research on question. this. Yeah, but I did some research for this, so that look exciting. Um, you don't mean how many people ask me when I put a picture of my bike. What bend of my handlebars? What I actually do. Yeah. Really? <laughs> I don't know why. It's like second people, lap. It must be people's favorite thing. Fucking second a lap. Um, Adam Chatfield's the worst for it. Worst person ever. What brand bars do you use? And he asked if I've got any of them. You got any old ones? You got any grips? <laughs> they, do you get different handlebars to what you can buy in a shop then? No. <laughs> it's just a list. But I guess people, there's a lot to choose from. And your handlebar bend does make quite a big difference. So people sort of want to know. But it's sort of an individual thing. Do you like a good rental? <laughs> what sort of questions are? <laughs> um, well, speaking of rental, yeah. uh, I spoke to Paul Perabinos from Rental about this. Oh, okay. Uh, of course Herlin, you did. Herlin. I thought he works for ProTaper. No, he just changed. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Awkward. Yeah. Uh, he now, Herlins, runs a twin wall <laughs> 997 with a half waffle Kevlar grip. Oh, do you like a nice half waffle no, Kevlar grip? I have small hands. Okay. So I like a thin grip, which is the medium, no, the soft compound grip. There is pluses to having smaller hands. Yeah, no. Feels yeah. bigger. Massive. Um, I'm scared to ask any more of these questions because I'm not really sure how it's going to go. No, carry on. None yeah. of them have been too popular so far. No, we're, we're happy. S- we're in a good place. I guess people want to know. So just yeah. short, quick answers. Well, there's two here that you can actually answer. It was kind of. For everyone. So is there know. any questions for me and Team Green? No. What is your all fav- what is your all-time favorite team slash riders? This guy, Thomas SB93s, is a 2004 champ KTM team. Strange question. But I guess you, I guess you can I've twist not really that. Got one. You can twist that to yourself, can't you? No. Oh. You said in our interview that you like Molson. Yeah, good team. Yeah. Was, there, was there a team that you like, Lewis? Um, I had two. Okay. So he's yeah. Shocker. Come on then. Uh, Cass Honda in 2005. Yeah. Big Coppins fan. Yeah. And Molson. I always thought Molson looked trick. Yeah. Molson was good. Like 661 helmets, Alpine Stars gear, like pretty sick setup, I thought. Yeah, to be fair, they've, Alpine Star have only just, it's probably last two years, made their gear look as good as what it looked back then. Yeah, like that, especially like the way the bikes look mm. something. 661 helmets were sick as well. And number probably 101. I wanted to crash in them, but yeah, it looked all right. <laughs> yeah, number 101 looks sick as well. And then Sick. Alex Panda. It's, it's not. It's not. He's just making these names up. It's like Lewis Phillips. <laughs> Alex Panda thirty-seven. Lewis Phillips seventy-one. <laughs> Alex, underscore. Alex Panda thirty-seven. No, yeah. not him. We've done his question. Yeah, well done. Very professional. One fucking job. Oh, sorry. A four two three eight said, "Who do you think will be the biggest surprise in twenty twenty MXGP or MX two? Ooh. You know what I could go. That's, for? You know what I could go for. Uh, this is the sort of question he likes. Oh, you, no, you know, you know who I could go for. Time. Not even joking. Ooh, I've got a question here. <laughs> it could actually be Tommy and Matley. Nah, because no, one, will, one, no one, yeah, but oh. no one will be thinking that. No, nah, but they do. They think, oh, come in and it'll be all right. That's a shit question because I'm not doing the whole series. That's a sh- not well, a shit question. Well, who answer. do you think, Lewis? Well, let me think of another. Stop answer, doing really. a bit of bum licking over there. No, yeah. do you not reckon that's a decent one? Because coming into the first oh. round, who's going to be looking at oh, the wild cards? Well, most people, because so I'm English and next to me in English race, yeah. and I'm going to practice there every day before the race. <laughs> yeah. Phone up Steve. Say, Steve, what are yeah. you doing Tuesday? I've already lined it. Up. I'm up the track. Do you not want to answer that one? Who I think is yeah, going to be? It's for everyone. I'm not that fast. Bothered about answering. What? So who's who's coming in, or who's going to be the biggest surprise? What's the question? Surprise. Okay. Why would it be who's coming in? 
Mm. Well, who's what does coming, that even mean? Actually, who's coming to HP? As in the yeah, one no, more no, Australian no. teams? It's who's, the biggest uh, surpri- it's who's the biggest surprise? Who's the biggest surprise? Who's going to be the biggest surprise? Okay, I'm going to say Mitch Evans. Yeah, redeem yourself. <laughs> you tell me, not just a pretty face. Go on, then. I don't think anyone's going to surprise. Oh, here we go. You know what I reckon? No, I don't, you don't have to elaborate don't be a on dick. it. Just next question. Yeah. I've got a surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you keep it in your oh, pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that old elephant trick. Not now. I reckon the surprise... He's going to pull his pockets out. ...will be that Geyser is not going to be winning races. No, I think that's shit. Well, I don't know. don't really want to get into it. Herlands. That's not a surprise, is it? <laughs> oh. Have you been smoking? What? Herlins will be. I reckon Herlins will be back to next, like last year. Like not, no, no one else way. is really going to How have you managed to come up with that? Yeah, well done. Really what? well done. Fucking hell. Great. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, Thanks we're, for turning we're, it we're, to be a sort of insider to know that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. We're going to scrap these questions now. But that's over. Well, they were your questions. But to be fair, there was a question from you from Billy Bolt on Instagram, but I've just gone to get it and I think he's, I think he's deleted it. <laughs> oh, I'm not answering it. Don't even read it out. <laughs> What's the question? What's the question? The question is, does he brush his teeth in the shower still? Oh, do you? (laughs) No, it's more to this question. Because it it was on Instagram. It must have been deleted because it ain't there anymore. There's more to this question, but I'm not answering it anyway. Oh, okay. Ed's over there sniggering. He's all lying that up. Yeah, he's he's definitely messaging him earlier. What What can we ask him? Yeah, it did on the way down. Billy was like, oh, our friend dude. <laughs> Ed's going, go <laughs> Love it. Right. Are you happy about that, yeah. Lewis? You I and just... Tommy can do another um, This Is Your Life, Tommy Sorrow, where you present him a book and you talk about everything. You're looking forward to that one, aren't you? I'll probably have to go to him. Yeah, with, I, didn't, uh... I reckon I could talk for more, but I'm, I don't want to get stuck in traffic. No, no. And, and we don't Not want too today, much of a good thing. Do. So um, we want you, you know, you're happy you've come down this neck of the woods. And um, we do know. need to do a career one one day, though. Yeah, I do. Right? Even if it's two parts, because it'd yeah. probably be quite long. Yeah, they can drag on, can't they, these interviews? Yeah. Yeah, Lewis likes it long. Awesome. <laughs> 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 Literally, like the unfunniest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> these interviews drag on, but mine after the race are fine, aren't they? Uh, no, this me, got, me, me, me. I don't mean no, like I just drag like, on. Just I mean, to... you can sort of sit here and then. Oh, yeah, like if we're we... still talking, what time did we start? Only wow. like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah, it's quite gone quite quick. Yeah. If we know if we did um if we did your career, it'd probably go on for like two, three hours. So we'd have hour to split that Depends up. Depends on how long I talk about the answers. Hour and a half. I'd probably make sure you talk quite long. Yeah, I could do. I could talk. There's quite a lot of good things that's happened. Actually, bad things, a lot of bad things. Yeah, we'd like to talk. It's about like the... equally amount of bad things that's happened. It's good. That sort of matter across, I reckon. Well, now I, you can get into everything, can't you? I like think we should get Ed to do the questions. I see that Ed knew <coughs> quite well. I think yeah, that'd be quite good. He knows me quite well. Yeah. Um. I've got one question to sign it off. Toothbrush? What? Nah. <laughs> <A> what? <laughs> what? You're running with that too far. Um, the, the things. This is, no, this is James. James thing. finds one thing that he thinks is funny and then 10 <laughs> weeks later, we're still here. I'll fucking talk about a toothbrush next week. Um, in the interview we did, you said about how you had offers from Yamaha, Honda and all that lot yeah, in 2013, year, yeah. yeah, 2014 and you tested some bikes and stuff. Yeah. What were your thoughts when you tested them? Because I know you tested the Hondas, didn't you? Yeah. And now Honda, you could probably actually say that's amazing. No, at the time, I, I wasn't that fond of it. But it's sort of, I was just, I was riding my Kawasaki all the time. And I just had a sort of standard practice bike with some suspension in and a pipe. And I thought, I rode it well, really enjoyed the bike. But then once you get in the class and you're racing every week, it's not quite the same. Or just sort of the team that year, it sort of, it started off good and then it sort of fell apart. But 
it's different when you got the the bikes, you know, like the Honda, they come over a couple of times. I was really close to doing the deal. Now it's sort of one of those things that would have been better for me to take that deal. But I was happy with the bike I was on. I just used to practice on it every single day. So it felt so easy for me to ride. When when I jumped on something different, it was a bit of a change. And um and um I just thought I was confident at that time. I thought I could go to a GP and win on whatever bike I turned up on or win on the bike that I was practicing on. And probably wouldn't have been far off in 2012 when I was confident, I had no injuries. But when it when you're trying to race a season, everything comes into the play, the team and everything. It um it's not it's not just about feeling good on the bike and, and going to win a race. It's everything together. Seeing as um you're on KTM in America, when you yeah. came back and did the CLS thing, were they not <clears throat> interested in putting you on GP team? No, it wasn't. I guess they had Roxon and Herlin, so Yeah, that's what maybe the reason why. But it was actually Simpson, fast that so. year, so it wasn't really a, a reason. Maybe I think yeah, I don't know really why. I think I might have asked if they would have done that, but they had um who did they have? They had Roxon and Musquin, didn't they? Musquin had just won the title. Or well, no, no Musquin won no, it. Because that was the year that um, Musquin first went to America. There's Roxon, Herlins, and Simpson. Yes, yeah, so he basically the year I left America and he come back. That's when they made KTM good. Yeah. But when I rode there, the team wasn't like it. We didn't have no DeCosta or nothing. Oh, what the American side? Yeah. Yeah. What about um when you went to America, like at the end of 2008, did KTM try and keep you in GPs? Like, did they want? Um, did no, they, they want you to win the world no, title? No, they was quite happy. No, they sort of. I was going to go the year before actually at one point because I was at the time back then. It, I don't know. It was sort of like you need to go quick, get in America. You need to ride Supercross. It's only sort of now where you look back and you see you're better off staying here longer. I feel doing well because someone like say Zach Osborne, for instance, he's he had a career in Europe and then when he went back, he had like a whole new career in the 250 class. Where Europe now, you have that age rule. Maybe that plays a bit of a part in it, so you can't come back. But Europe, you have the age rule, so you can't really come back. But you can go to America at 22, 23, ride for so many years and maybe have won a championship. So it's different. But when I went, KTM were happy for me to go there. That's sort of what I knew. Kurt Nickel was team manager um, or director of KTM North America at that time, I think, something head of all the racing. And he was really good. Kurt was mega the first year I went there. Um, and I was riding for MDK. but. They were happy for me to go. They knew that was what I wanted at the time and it didn't make a huge difference to them either way because I think they was going to sign Tyler for the 450 and they was going to sort of put their focus on the 450 that year um, because realistically they had Rui in the championship. Who was their 250 riders? What, the year you went to America? Yeah, Rui. Rui and Simpson? Yeah, Rui and Simpson. Did they have anyone? I don't know if they had Yeah, no, guy. it was Rui and Simpson and then Musquin come, didn't he, and won it? Yeah, halfway through the season. Yeah. So I don't know. They was happy for me. That was what I'd signed already, so they let me go. And then that was quite good. The first year in America was good, the MDK team. Good team. What, yeah. like, it was good enough where, like, you couldn't fault it? Like, it was no, like a full they, factory team and, like, everything you could want and all yeah, that? Yeah, no, they done, it was mega. They had a big workshop. They put a lot of money in. Had good teammates. I think I had five teammates that year. Um, but it was a really good team, yeah. I had no problems at all. Anyway, I, the first day I actually tested about the problem, broke on the face of a jump, and I, I punctured my lung. Ah, that was well, good on the first yeah, day. Good memories then. Yeah, it was good. And then I went to hospital. Well, obviously I was knocked out on the track, punched lung. First day, New Year's Eve, it was. And then I went to Ed had come with me. <laughs> it's a good story. So I'm just knocked out. Don't remember anything. And then I woke up in hospital. And then uh, Ed was there, and he didn't know what he was doing. Like he was just driving about. 
he'd never even been to America, really, California properly. So then he follows the ambulance to the hospital in my truck. He's not insured to drive at 17. And then um, I sort of have to stay in hospital overnight and it's New Year's Eve and it's just a nightmare, really. We, he didn't even know how to get home and just a mess. His phone didn't work. It was just... Um, good times. Yeah, good time. There's a lot of memories like that. That's cool. But that wasn't the best day. But other than that, the, the bike was mega all year. Good I think team. I'm done with my questions now because otherwise I'm going to get too far. You're going to get too I'm wondering, again, I'm wondering about a Geico thing, though. <clears throat> there was not much to that. I'm just trying to imagine it. Yeah, but I'd have to imagine it as well. Yeah. It didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, will be, he will be led in bed tonight, Go. Because when you think about it, that time, Geico were unreal, weren't oh, they? No, nah, they Geico. weren't the best team. What? The, cause what? I mean, they was good, yeah. Cause I don't know why I didn't do it. First... Well, I guess there was more was... to like. I nearly signed Factory Suzuki the year before as well. Because KTM was going to fold it. What, everything. for 250? Yeah. Well, that would have been when it was still Makita. Yeah. And like Roger and everything. Yeah. yeah. That was the plan. But then, because KTM had folded everything, their racing effort in America. And then I was going to sign Suzuki with the Costa. And then KTM decided to run again. So then I stayed on KTM. I guess even if you'd gone to Suzuki, you'd have been fucked anyway, because a year after they folded everything. And... Yeah, he's, he brings like a lot of that to the table. <laughs> Well, it's just no, just so good that, chat. that was actually yeah, that was chat. actually positive. I usually get home and just want to kill myself was, on, a, on a Wednesday. That was actually so. positive because I was saying like right decision, stay with KTM. Yeah, but you can't look at that and be like that would have been amazing because the year after they pulled the plug on their factory thing, really, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. Sorry, if anybody's still fucking listening to this, <laughs> uh, I don't know what the the number is for a suicide. Uh, <laughs> what was the logic tune? Uh, maybe in America, I don't know. But uh, if you need to speak to anybody, just message me on Twitter. I'm there 24 hours a day. So I like shit like that. For- I like finding out about stuff that never happened that no one ever knew about. Mm. Pe- like pe- people, what rumors? People finding out now that Tommy was talking to Suzuki in America. That people fucking lap that up. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Because like that's what everyone thinks. Not everyone oh. thinks like you do. No, it'll, I think it'll that's clickbait what... the fuck out of that tomorrow. It'll be like, just, uh, yeah, yeah, don't put that. Up. I don't. I don't. Fucking do that. Tommy nearly signed. You do. Not for the show. Like, not for the show. Not for the show. Yeah, Tommy. Tommy nearly signed for fucking Factory <laughs> Suzuki. Yeah, click here, you no. bastards. <laughs> people, people, will, Fuckery, people will love that. Absolute fucker. <laughs> people will love that. You got any more things like that? Yeah, go ahead. Want make some more shit up? Anything? Anything else that nearly happened that never did? What about that time that you nearly bought Who's Farner and brought it back in in? Two thousand and eight. Remember that? What about? Oh, there you go. One more, then. One more. On. When you left yeah. Molson to go KTM, were there <coughs> any other MX2 factory teams that wanted you then? Was that a bid in war? Or not really? Because KTM was just the best team. But there was no one else who tried. But they're out you in the ring. Try really if you was up against KTM. Oh, that's true. Well, that one's fallen flat, isn't it? But I, I mean, I, it was closer. I would have stayed at Molson. That's the only thing I would have done. Really? Yeah, because that was a good team. And they was only getting better. The year I left, they went massive. They had like two trucks. I think they had Swordy, Tom, Paul Lan the following year because he was going to be Bud, but then that fell through and he ended up Molson. But they went big that year. So if anything, I would have just stayed at Molson. To be fair, had they kept you, they probably would have gone bigger as well because that year you yeah, went they would up, have. so then I they would have been winning They GPs wanted to. And... I mean, it wasn't like a... I mean, KTM was just the best at that time in the 250 class. Still are, but... Um, so from that side, it was sort of no-brainer, but then the Molson team was very good. Their bikes were good. They'd done everything right. Um, it's just that KTMs were good. That's that. Hmm. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm done with my questions now. I'll save them for the big one. Right then. The better one. He's actually excited about it. That's why. Oh, yeah. You have no idea about the excitement. That's no, he's going to no, be thinking about lying. tonight. I said to James like three years ago, 
I was looking forward to the day that I could finally do like a career recap. Yeah. yeah, three years ago. You just, <laughs> I can't wait till Tommy retires. You already thought us like on the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, if anybody's still listening, uh, I don't know where you are. But What the... F- the Suzuki thing's enough in itself. Were they just committed suicide after four minutes ago? That. That's interesting information. Yeah, that would have been quite good if that happened. To be yeah, you just made it up. Interesting information. No, I didn't make that up. It's interesting information. People want to know that shit. Okay. Let's be honest, no one's ever said that before. So. Okay, right, let's finish there. Tom yeah. wants to go home. What about the Max Ancy thing? You're going to tell everyone what Jeez, he's done or not? Uh, I'm Nick... trying to get you less in traffic and you just keep talking. Well, I just, he gets no. nervous when you talk no, about Nick... that because he knows. <laughs> no, next week. <laughs> next week, apparently. I might leak it because no, he told no. me. No, 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 Oh, yeah, because you can't release it till they release it. He's the PR guy. No, I'm He's not. not. He's not the, the PR that. guy. Coming out soon. That's what, we're closer now than we ever have been. We, let's see that we. Yeah, we <laughs> are <closer>. We. <laughs> like, he's part of the team. Oh, 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 he is. No, I meant yeah. we as like a No, as you a meant group. like, like we're yeah, like closer. you, Max. No, like. Millie, like we. Uh, we're yeah. all close. To be honest, mate, yeah. Millie's getting in the way. Uh, <laughs> I imagine. Because they got Did married. Did you go to the wedding? I was going to, but then I couldn't afford it. Yeah. It was quite expensive. It. I was trying to. We were trying to crunch the numbers. He's loaded, twice, mind. He's on. A, he's had a massive pay rise. It was quite British ex- championship now. He lives well. at home with his oh, yeah, mum, but he can't question. afford it. How do you feel about the British championship social media? Shit in it. <laughs> it's all right. Wait, There's do you want to know something funny? World changing. So, well, I mean, it's better that's being updated. That's I nice. to, yeah, uh, I'm not being funny, but anybody <coughs> can do with a that post. Extra money, you could have gone to the wedding. Well, yeah. I only started this month. I had a. I did a report. Oh, God, here we go. Look. Let's, let's base it on what it was, right? The British Championship couldn't have yeah, got any worse funny. before we, you started doing it, this right? Social media, no. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah, right? This is funny. Let me finish my story. Hang on. And the last time they posted, they only posted from fourth position down to 30 seconds. Yeah, this is funny, seconds. though. So I, I t- they didn't even put the top three on because they cut it out. I like, did a report for them mm. saying, like, how do the social media has done this month compared to last month? This is quite funny. And it does, like, little stats and graphs and well, stuff. last month there was no well, post. the increase... <clears throat> Yeah, this is the funny. The, the, yeah. the, the percentage increase is one million seven hundred and thirty-two thousand percent. To be so, fair, we look after a lot of accounts. I reckon they're going to be. There was none as bad as that. <laughs> I reckon but they're going to be pretty stoked about that because you've, they that went from zero. Yeah, my confidence has been fucking slashes, Joe. I'm not being funny, but my mum. I've got to is, drive home now. I'm going to struggle to not drive. My mum's never used social media, but she could have made that better. And she's mental. Don't because I, I know who does it before now, and they're going to feel like this is personal attack. But it was shit, and they probably know that. Oh, they might think it's a personal. <laughs> do you ever? Do you ever re- listen oh, back to your podcast? Like what you done on um? Uh, oh, the Mitch. guy who's gone up to mm. him actually. Yeah. Mitch should be messaging attack. me. I bet it's on WhatsApp at the moment. I bet he's listening in. Can't listen in. Oh, my phone's out of thingy. <laughs> Add me torch on in my pocket. I always do that. Right on that note. Thanks, Tommy, for coming yeah, in. All, all right. this way down. It's uh, been quite good, actually. Oh, good. You it's seem a lot long... more happier than you did when you walked in. I just woke up. Okay. Cool. It just upset me because you said Bristol and it's actually an hour further south. So we didn't give you the address. You just, he just told you to no, drive to sort of The address there. says Poulton, Bristol. Yeah, but that's strange because we're 30 know. miles outside. Yeah, it's a big old place. Well, it's not. We are, we are for people that don't know, it is like absolutely ridiculous that there's a podcast studio here because there's absolutely nothing else in the area. Yeah. Like this is, if you go on TripAdvisor. It's a nice studio to be fair, surprised. But if you go on TripAdvisor, this is the number one I know, Dosser's done good, eh? Dosser and Lewis. All right, okay. No, um, that was a sort of general <laughs> term of the people. Yeah. want to mention big thanks to Ed Warren for bringing Tommy down, because otherwise, if he hadn't, Tommy would never be here. If you get a chance, check out Keck's uh, underwear. Well, I thought I was sweat there. That's a... <laughs> that's a um, that, he's not showing me his pants. We're, I know we're in there. He's not got... No, he's... he's oh, I was like, fucking hell, I'm Tom, sweating here. 
Tommy's just it's took his jeans shadow. off. So yeah, nice, nice Kex, Tommy. No, I haven't took. And if you want to see more about Kex, then uh, check out mm. evenstrokes.com. That's even strokes, not ether strokes or ether strokes or whatever Lewis says. What? I say like even strokes. What? what? Oh, I don't know. It's your fucking accent. No one understands funny. you. I forgot. I didn't realize you were trying to be funny. I'm not being funny. Right. So why have you got to interrupt me? I, I'm on a roll. That's fine. We're I'm trying to now. end the show. Mm, I want to go now. Yeah. Fucking hell. We all want to go. So big thanks to uh, for Tommy, Ed, and Kex for making this happen. Thank you. Bye. See ya. The MX Vice Show. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK, Talon wheels, sprockets, footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.